Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. The best show is live. Oh, how about that? You can hear this? Happy New Year, everybody. 2021. We're doing it. Oh, I'm ready to stop. That was a good, I just felt the, uh, the, 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 the wind leave me sails. Here we go, though. No, no, no. It's best show time. You look out. I'm telling you, you look out. Oh, you bums and halfwits. Best show's coming for you. This is the year we catch you. Like a Pokemon Go. We're running through a car wash looking to try to get a squirtle. Oh, my uh But I think there's two squirtles in that car wash. Uh, yeah, it's a working car wash. You sure you want to go in there? Well, I do need to catch these squirtles. Are people still doing that? Is that still a, an ongoing thing? Pokemon Go? Anyone? Anyone still doing that? I don't think they are. Pat, you doing it still? I didn't begin. You didn't? I thought you were one of those people running around with your phone uh, walking down the middle of the, the West Side Highway, <laughs> trying to trying to catch a Snorlax. No, wasn't me. But I'd love the uh, I'd love a return of um, what was that was that uh, that cold open you did with the with the Pokemon for truckers? I think Pokemon for truckers. That that well, can that that should return. Well, Pat, first of all, that wasn't me. That was the, the that was just the signal. Oh, okay. So things work out. Um, no, I want to just let you know it's, uh, it's, uh, no, that was, uh, the, the, there's going to be, first of all, there's going to be more of that coming. There's going to be more fun. We're about best show right now is like a, like a, 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 a pupa. Is that what the thing is? It's about to blossom into a mighty butterfly with bullet wings. Look out, right? Despite all my rage, I am still. So that was a song about a rat, but he had the song's called, why wasn't it called Rat? Right? Why didn't he call the song Rat in a Cage? Bullet with Butterfly Wings? I would have called that song Caged Rat if I was, uh, B Korgs. B Korgs, the night. <laughs> oh, brother, is this. Where my brain's going to be living for the next three hours? I certainly hope so. Now, let's do this. The phone number, 201-332-3484. And the topic tonight, realistic resolutions. And what we're talking about are the realistic, the realistic New Year's resolutions you can make things you can actually look back at the end of 2021 and say like I did it. I did my new year's resolution. So you call up, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. How about that? 
That's how we does it here. And, and more, and there's more. And we got more. And when will you hear the more? You just sit, they sit back, you relax. Yeah. Smoke a little bit of that old, uh, that old New Jersey green, right, Pat? Huh? Right, Pat? That old Jersey, that old Garden State. That's why it's now that now it's the Garden State. It's truly yeah. the Garden State. It's uh, it's legal and green, and we're uh, get just, that stinky icky, right? Right. It's legal. We can't uh, we can't knock it. What would what would be good? Maybe we should do a show where we just do New Jersey weed names. That'd be great. Like Maui Wowie. We do just like uh, like. Uh, Right, like what? Like what would be a, like like uh, Snoochie Boochie? Like what? Snoochie Boochie? Well, no, that's not how it works, Pat. It's the name of a, it's a, it's a, it's a region or a town, and then something that rhymes with it that makes it sound like the marijuana is super strong. It's not too late to change tonight's topic. Like, uh, no, it is. Like, like what would be like? Uh, like let's see, like what would it be like? Uh, get me some of that uh, that maple wood. That maple wood smokes so good. Mahawaha. Yeah, get me some of that. Get me some of that. Uh, we hawking, weeds talking. <laughs> Yikes! It's supposed to be on fumes already. I don't think so. And Pat, you don't put yourself on the, we all have a zoom going here where I can see Brett and he looks so handsome. I see Jason and he looks so handsome. And then I see just the word Pat (laughs) on a screen. (laughs) Yeah. That's because the studio computer doesn't have a camera. That's fine. Okay. All right. I I could log in uh, on my phone. No, no, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry. Yeah. Because the night. Belongs to lovers. Becog the night. No, Becog the night belongs to pumpkins. I got to get that guy on the show. We got to get Becogs on here. Jason, looking to see about getting Becogs on the show. How many points? You get Becogs on the show. That's 1,100 points. How much if I get them tonight? 3,600 points. <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> tonight's the night. Yeah, tonight's the night for B Corks. No, tonight's the night for the best show. I could play, I'm going to play the bed music on my side of things, right, guys? Yep. Is that how we do it here? That's how we do it. So let's begin the best show. One three three two three four eight four is the number and call up and get involved in the action to your realistic New Year's resolutions and get ready. Here we go. First show of 2021. Maybe the last show of 2021. No!
this episode of The Best Show, and it is January 5th, 2021. Welcome to the program. Nice to have you here. What's going on? I hope everybody out there had a safe and happy new year and holiday season. Uh, And I hope you're doing good in 2021 and then you're getting your stuff done. Um, Let me just finish writing this one thing. And it's all a commotion I hear. Some shuffling in the background. I figure out who's doing that. New rule for the for the for the to twenty twenty one. You start shuffling around. Oh, I I am gonna go get a I'm gonna and since we're since we're all remote and being safe, I'm gonna buy everyone a ruler and you're gonna have to wrap yourself on the knuckles with it. How's that sound? And also, I'm just looking here. This grosses me out. Hi, Billy. At Billy on Twitter. Jason already tweeting it. Billy Corgan. Would you like to call up and talk? Yeah. Now people are saying, please do this, Billy. I would love to hear it, Billy. I don't know. I'm scared already. I'm scared Jason's going to get this guy to call. What am I going to talk to him about? Hulk Hogan? And Alex Jones? I don't know. God bless him. God bless everybody to start the year. So let's see. Where were we? It's 2021. And I'll tell you, I watched uh, the other night, I watched Wonder Woman 84. I'm just going to say this. If Wonder Woman 84, if the other 83 are as bad as this one, there's no way I'm catching up on that franchise. Man, I never saw a movie take the scenic route more than that. It was almost like they were, like they were trying to hold you. I would, if it was in a theater, I would understand because then they would, I would understand if they made a movie that long and then cause they, cause they knew they were keeping you in the theater while they like broke into your car or something that that was a part of the thing that you're, you're caught in the theater. I mean, there were things that happened in real time in that movie. Like, I don't know. Look, I'm not getting on Wonder Woman. All these DC movies are awful. They're all awful. One's worse than the next. Was the one Justice League? Ugh. There was clearly no justice. Is that the one they're doing the 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 long cut of? Dudio knows this stuff. Is that yeah. the one they're doing? It's like four hours long. Four hours long. Yeah. I'm going to just say this. The length of that movie was not the problem. was not the problem. The problem wasn't that there wasn't enough of it. When I saw Justice League in the theater, I think I'm still in the theater. I think I'm still there. That movie was so long. I think I'm still watching it. 
No, but this Wonder. Did you watch Wonder Woman eighty four? Yeah, I did. I did. And look, I know, I know how you are. You're, you're a, you're a showbiz. You're a showbiz guy. Yeah. And you play it. You play everything. You're not gonna. You're not gonna ever say how you feel about something if there's a chance for a, a gig. I get it. Yeah, I mean, put me in Wonder Woman eighty five. I'd, I'd do it in a second. What would happen in Wonder Woman 85? It's all at Live Aid. Well, that actually, now you're making me want to see that. That actually. But only during the YouTube performance. It wasn't during the, the one when Queen, cause this is the thing people don't know about Live Aid, but I found out I watched a documentary called Bahamian Rhapsody and they had a, it was a, a pretty, uh, pretty grounded documentary. <laughs> on the thing and this one guy this lead singer of the band whose name was freddie mercury he wakes up finds the guy he's interested in from the phone book goes to his house says will you come to a concert with me then drives from there to his parents' house, doesn't bring his parents to the show, mind you. They're, they can stay home and watch on television. His parents and sister, they, you guys stay home and watch it. This person who I met a year and a half ago and who I, I groped a year and a half ago inappropriately <laughs> and then now tracked down going to bring him to the event you guys stay home so then then they get in the car and they drive to Wembley Stadium and this is the thing Live Aid was flopping this is the thing people don't realize it was a flop until Queen came out and played the songs, according to this movie, the phones were dead. And then Queen came out, did Radio Gaga, and then everybody decided to give some money. Never never mind that Paul McCartney was there or Phil Collins or every popular artist on the planet at that point. It was a flopperoo. Until Queen did their thing. Yeah, it was a, a sad movie because then he passed away that night, according to the movie. That's how that movie structured it. You'd think Freddie Mercury it didn't make it past the night of Live Aid. He was alive for another like seven years, right? Six. Six. Another six years. Yeah. I don't know. Bahamian Rhapsody. I don't know. Wake me up when they do a Thompson Twins movie. That's the one I want to see. So, yeah. So, anyway. If Wonder Woman 85 took place at Live Aid, yeah, I'd watch watch that. Would that be a a real-time movie? So, it takes place during the duration of uh, part of the concert? 
I think it would have to take place when Madonna and the Thompson twins did a super jam together, which most people forget about. That Madonna and the Thompson twins jammed out together. What did they play? I think they played a song called Revolution, if I remember correctly. But not the Beatles one, the one that they came up with one on on the spot. I'm pretty sure. I'm, this is, I have never gone back to, this is only (laughs) memories I have now. Of being a child watching Live Aid, and I remember that I might be completely wrong. Can somebody tell me whether I'm wrong or right? So, uh, yeah. So yeah, this Wonder Woman '84. There was a scene where. Um, there was a scene when when they go and they like. First of all, the movie starts watching twenty five minutes of an eight year old, uh, basically doing a decathlon, and I was just like, "Oh, okay." I think I saw some of this in the first movie, but that's okay. I'll watch it. So exciting to watch a child run around. We learned didn't learn our lesson from the three Star Wars movies. How it's. Not maybe not the most fun thing to watch Darth Vader run around as a as a seven year old. Maybe we learned our we we didn't learn no lessons from that one. So then, then where do we go from there? Oh, we go to a shopping mall in 1984. We're Wonder Woman, who we, we watched in the previous movie beat up uh, a country, basically, right? She was fighting in World War One. We watched her basically fight an army. Now, all of a sudden, she's wrestling, she, she's wrestling around with four, four goofballs in a shopping mall trying to rob a jewelry store. And then the movie decides that's enough Wonder Woman for an hour. <laughs> and it's just like Wonder Woman was like a spectator in Wonder Woman 84. I don't know. I missed the fun. I, I didn't watch the end of it. I jumped off. I ain't got time for stuff like that in 2021. Well, look, I'd watch Wonder Woman 85. 86 would be pretty good. 85, maybe she'd be there, get uh, Fables of the Reconstruction, right? She goes and sees REM play those college shows they were doing for free. She hears the songs early. Can't get there from here. She hears a little early. That'd be pretty sweet. Uh, that'd be pretty good. Man, it's always weird. I'm not going to say who. But you ever think, you know, you got somebody who's like a snob in one one, one medium, and then like they, they say something about another medium, and you're like, yikes. You don't know nothing about nothing when it comes to 
I'm looking in the, like, there's a, a, a music snob tweeting something about a movie now, and I'm just like, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. That's a bad movie. Not here, though. I got the taste like nobody else. I got the, I says it, it's usually pretty good. Like we just heard Kurt Vile keep playing Kurt. People are like, why are you playing Kurt every week? Well, first of all, it was his birthday this week. Happy birthday, Kurt. Our guy, Kurt. Happy birthday to you. We played In My Time. Guys working up some good stuff. I know. I know 2021 is going to be a good year for fans of old KV. And in our birthday Palooza wrap-ups, you know, Coop, Jason, you know, Coop is? I love Coop. Then ask you if I loved him, right? If you knew who he I was. I know who he is. Yeah. Okay. I All have right. no feelings for him whatsoever. All right. No, that's all you can. The next question would be, how do you feel about him? Then I love Coop. Say, I love Coop. There you go. Yeah. It's not like this on the Drew Barrymore show, is it? <laughs> well, the last time I was on the Drew Barrymore show, I was too uh, nervous to really even talk much. Mm-hmm. I told you about that, right? No. No, I was just, it was my first time on a set during COVID. And mm-hmm. they kind of rushed me out there and they're like, you're going to be doing the uh, teleprompter. And I'm like, okay, I've read a teleprompter before. So I get out on set and I'm eating the ghost pepper um, uh, donut. Yeah. And I was so nervous of being on set for the first time during COVID that I just kept eating the donut instead of giving any like fun quips. <laughs> uh huh. I watched it with Kristen afterwards. So they never put this online. This one never hit uh, the Drew Barrymore YouTube. Um, some people very kindly said I, I did well on that one, but uh, okay. I was too nervous to even like kind of function. Did that? No, no look, I'm not going to say anything. Do you feel like that concluded the trilogy? Uh, well, I, <laughs> I will say, I think it's a trilogy. Do you um, feel that was the exciting conclusion I, to your trilogy <laughs> on the Drew Barrymore show? That, that was October. They haven't said anything about bringing me back. Now, they told me, like, I one of my friends was a writer on the show. He's not on the show anymore. Um, but they were trying to get me back around Christmas. That never happened. And he's a dear friend. He's like, they love you. Don't worry about it. And, and I haven't heard a thing. <laughs> All right. Well, what, what I can I do done. about this? What can I do? I don't think it's over. I don't think it's over, Pat. I don't think it's over. Okay. I'm, I'm with Pat on this one. I have a question, Jason. You said yeah. this was your last time on the show was the, the, was the donut? This Yeah, the last time on the show was the uh, Dunkin' Donuts ghost pepper donut and a ranch uh, dressing soda. But you... That, but you were, but you were in studio your first appearance. No, no, the first two times I was on Zoom. Oh, but I yeah. thought you were. He lives in a studio. You yeah, I realize do. that. Yeah, getting... he just wasn't in her studio. Yeah. I have gaffers around me all the time here. Okay. So, look, Shay, you want me to? You want me to? You want me to? Uh, you want me to? to, to yeah, look, I'm not going to do anything you don't want me to do. No, no. I mean, now we'll just let it be. Let's, we'll see what happens. But we'll if, if, if I hear, if they want me back, you'll be the first to know that I'm going back. So, All right. Yeah. 
All right. I think that's a good plan. Yeah. Yeah. So how was that? Go? And first of all, if only, if only I, there was any history of you eating food on a, <laughs> on a, on a recurring program. Yeah. And giving your opinion of it. I've never, if only there was any precedent for that. Yeah. Really isn't, is there? Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The donut was good. It just tasted donut, like a red hot. Is that what you want? You want a donut? I mean, well, I'll buy you two donuts. How about that? That will I'll, actually make up for it. Yeah, I'll double the Drew Barrymore show. <laughs> Look, I hope you're back soon. I think you're going to be back soon. Never know. It could no, happen. I do know. I got a good you do feeling. know. Okay, I got a good feeling about this. Yeah, I just hope. And seriously, though, all kidding aside. I just hope it's not like a carry type situation. <laughs> what the next time I'm on set? Yeah, and then you get up on the stage, and then they say like, then they dump pig's blood on you. <laughs> yeah, I'll say this: if I'm watching a Drew Barrymore show and something goes to split screen, if it goes to split screen, look, I'm gonna start texting you. Get off that set. They're gonna, they're gonna carry you. Why is my phone going off? It's Tom. I can't see it though. <laughs> so I see a split screen. I see a young John Travolta sneaking around in the, in the bowels of the uh, Drew Barrymore set. What if he's on the show that week oh, and Drew Barrymore's there and you're there and you're going up on stage? Suddenly goes to split screen. I tell you, they dump pig's blood on your head. I hope you got psychic powers. <laughs> Suddenly, and then you're like making beams fly over all around the room, and well, now you're definitely the job's over. Because yeah, I this, think it's done because of this think, line yeah. of comedy. No, yeah. it's not. I'm saying, look, I think you're. I think you're okay. I think you'll be back. Thank you, Tom. We'll see. And if I'm not, you know, I'm fine with it. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Well, my my resolution be. is to be more positive this year. Well, that seems unachievable. Yeah, I know. I'm never. I'm not getting there. Am I? <laughs> I've talked to you before. <laughs> now, you're actually a very positive guy. Yeah, you're a very positive guy. I want to say this. <clears throat> speaking of Coop, our friend Coop. Uh, speaking of birthdays. Uh, his assistant, Sarah, has a, a birthday today. We say happy birthday to Sarah, who's also a very talented artist in uh, her own right. So happy birthday from your friends at the best show. 
So where are we at here? We got a topic and it is realistic resolutions. And the phone number is 201-332-3484. Pat, are there any calls? Any calls? We have a full phone bank. Full phone bank. That's what I want to hear. I, I'm gonna, I, sometimes I worry. I hear that. I just feel that you're going to be like, yeah, we got one call. And whoop, they hung up. That's when I know it's over. That's when I know. That's when I know it ain't no good. Going to start backwards. Line four. Thank you. Best show. Hello. Hello. Hi. To whom am I speaking? My name is Liz. I'm calling from Brooklyn, New York. How are you tonight? I'm good. Welcome to the show, Liz. Thank you so much, and Happy New Year, Tom. Oh, Happy New Year to you. And are you, uh, what part of Brooklyn are you in, if you don't mind me asking, Liz? I live in what they call the section of Bedford-Stuyvesant. The section? I like when they... I like what you never read that in the paper. They call neighborhoods in Brooklyn the section. I find that very strange. Uh, I, I like to employ it because it's very strange. Uh, you could call it a neighborhood, but why not call it a section? Sure, sure. Sure. And do you enjoy it, Liz? Do you like this section? Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't go anywhere, so it doesn't really matter what section I'm in. <laughs> sure, exactly. You're in. You're just in the section of your apartment that you've been in for the last nine months. Yes, exactly. Well. Happy New Year to you, too, Liz. Thank you so much. Now, do you have a realistic resolution? I have a very realistic resolution, and if you'll permit me looking into the past, I also wanted to share a past successful realistic resolution. Sure. You want to go in the past? Hold on a second, though. Before you go into the past. Yes. Just wait. Hold on. Hang tight. I'm ready to travel. Just wait. Where is it? Man, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd my, where'd my dream, my dream harp go? There we go. You ready? I'm ready. Ready to go? I'm ready. Oh, wait, hold on. How about now? Can you hear that? Yes, I am. Entranced. I can't hear. Why can't I hear that, guys? Well, I heard it, but it's not going in. Yeah. I'm okay here. Now we're in the the past now. That's probably why you're not here. We're already there. Probably, yes. So so in the past, um, I resolved. I can't tell you exactly what year because it's it's a successful resolution, so I don't don't keep track of it, but... um, I resolved to stop exaggerating numbers when I was describing uh, an experience or the impact of an experience because I noticed that I would inflate by like uh, 15%. I wanted to, you know, let someone know that, you know, something takes a really long time or. Mm -hmm. um, Well, give me an example. Give me an example. We're in conversation and you say what now? I say, you know, Tom, I was. I was so excited to uh, get tickets to that concert that I must have reloaded the ticket webpage like 40 times. Mm-hmm. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. You just, you, okay. you like to, you like to heighten it a little bit for drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I noticed I was doing that unconsciously kind of all the time. And I thought, is that really helping society? Is that really necessary? 
that maybe maybe I could use words to express the intensity of what I wanted to convey with numbers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you so, so maybe, you're saying you'd like to stop doing that? No, no, I already did that. That's that's a win. This is this is an example that um my goal setting if you set it kind of low, uh, but in a way that is somewhat meaningful to you can be an achievable New Year's okay. resolution. So that's okay. just sort of, that's the past. All right. Okay. Very good. I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So looking forward then. Yeah. Looking forward, this is kind of gross. So if anybody's like having dinner, I'm sorry. Um, you know, the thing at the bottom of the sink, the floor. No, the little like it, the thing that drains or doesn't, depending on how you twist it. The little catcher thing. Oh, you mean the little the yeah, like a little like a little like a little strainer type. Thing. Yeah, it's like a tiny little strainer, exactly. Yeah, it's those are. Just, you mean they are just disgusting? They're disgusting. Yeah. You know, I don't want mine to be disgusting anymore. I'm going to clean it every day. Well, that. Or, or more is, than. Liz, I got to say, yeah. you just showed exactly what we're trying to accomplish with this topic. Thank you, Tom. You are going to clean the little gross sink drain. Yeah. So it doesn't get all caked and disgusting. Or like, you know, like a rubber band or like a piece of macaroni noodle in there. Like, I don't need that's That's disgusting. I can, I need to be able to. Look myself in the eye in the morning. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Yeah. Well, so I think I th- that's really achievable. Uh, there's not a lot we can control right now. Uh, I can probably control that. And I think I can also not fail at that. So not failing at that is, is going to be the sub goal of setting the goal. Well, I tip my hat to you. That is a, you, you, I think you figured it out. Thank you. Right. I wish you good luck in all of your resolutions this year, Tom. I wish you very good luck in all of your resolutions. Thank you. You have a grand evening. You too. Bye. Pat? Yes. Give me another call, please. Here you go. Hello, Best Show. Hey, Tom, it's Todd Dishy here in Newbridge. How's it going? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. How are you, Todd? Good, fun show, just just, have, just having some fun. Um, I have uh, something to add to the topic, if that's okay. Yeah, please. I would love it. All right, so these are minor resolutions that I, I, I think I can pull off. Um, number one, I need to stop taking naps at two in the afternoon. It's ridiculous. I'll, I'll sleep for like 45 minutes and then I'm, I'm up all night, you know, and, and from one to 5 a.m. pretty much it's basically just Skinamax city, you know? Uh, uh-huh. Okay. So, so, so that's the first one. Sure. Cause and, cause the naps, just the, the front half of that, the naps are doing what to you the naps are keeping you like like you're getting too much rest at a time that just gotcha okay yeah it's a weird time so then you know i'm up all night and you know (laughs) frankly what what else is on 
TV at, at that hour, and it's you know it's the it's the devil's business basically. So it's not it's not healthy. Uh, yeah, it's not healthy. Yeah. So, uh-huh. so that's one. Uh, mm-hmm. Number two, I need to stop obsessing over my dumb thoughts all day. Like, example today, I lost three hours uh, of productivity because I was just lost in this dialogue I had, which was basically, you know, I wonder how much knowledge of pop culture the average Pope has. How much knowledge of pop culture the average Pope has? Yes. Like, for example, do you think it's conceivable that, and I think I think his run was like, it felt like it was 20 years or something, that Pope John Paul II was at least aware of Van Halen. I'm going to say he he did not. Pope John Paul II was not aware of Van Halen. What do you think was the, like, he might, I know he was aware of Dylan, right? Didn't Dylan play some, like, show that he was at? I think there was, I think Dylan did, yeah. I think, I would bet that the, the Pope John Paul II was aware of the Beach Boys and the Beatles. Right? The Beatles, I can, yeah, I can see the Beatles. I, the Beach Boys is tough, though, I wonder. He must have. Yeah. Well, do you think he knew who um, Led Zeppelin were? See, that's that's where we're getting to the good stuff. I don't know. I mean, oh. Stairway to Heaven. I would picture he he heard Stairway to Heaven at some point. Somebody probably brought it to his attention. Like, oh, and he thought, oh, this might be a cool, cool religious song, right? And then he hears those solos, and the solos are so long. Yeah. Although, do you think he do you think he would feel like the drumming was a bit much or just right? I think he would. I, I seriously think he he would say, you know, I think it's pretty cool that Bonzo lays out at the top for for quite mm-hmm. a while. Because because there's the one fill when Bonzo he's like right. Oh, I think he was. Who wouldn't be blown away by that the first time they hear it? I'm sure. I'm sure at some point, if he did hear "Stairway to Heaven," at, mm-hmm. at some point in his reign, he was drawing those three rings somewhere. Uh-huh. Sure, on like a, a notebook or a Bible. Don't you think? Uh-huh. You think he just has a? I think he would just have a normal notebook that he'd just be sitting there, listening to like the bishops talk. Right. And he's just doodling and just drawing. You think he might draw the guy with the lantern that was in the gatefold? I think he would see that as, as sorcery. Sure, I mean, you're, you're probably right. Yeah. So so maybe Led Zeppelin, John Paul II would know. What about what about like uh do you think he knew who Queen were? I think someone probably brought that to his attention because it looked like it might be operatic and, you know, the, the leotard that he would wear, it looked like it was probably almost in his wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he hears yeah. Ogre Battle or something. He's like, no, thank you. Yeah. He, but he might have considered like that, hey, yo, right? Like the, the crowd, the back and forth. Oh, maybe, but I don't know. I kind of doubt that. I don't know. 
I can picture a younger deacon or bishop bringing that to him and having him just shoot it down hard. He might have, but he might have responded to John Deacon's name too. Oh, here's one of us. It's true, and it'd be like, "No, your your holiness, he is not an actual deacon. He's the bass player. He does write some. He does write a lot of the songs, though." Ah, he wrote the hit. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think he would know? uh, I'm in love with my car. I think he would think, "What does that guy have in his mouth that makes him sing like that?" Ah. Mm Hmm. Yeah. So that that's a pretty interesting thing to think about, but I get it. It's too it's too distracting for you to just have your brain contemplating these things all day. You can't talk to me like that. Wait, I'm I'm just trying to bring up a point. But why, why, okay, well, you know what, Todd, Todd? Why can't I talk to you that way? Because I'm number one on Twitter. That's why. <sighs> okay, you're number one on Twitter. How? Well, well, what does that even mean to be number one on Twitter? Check it, Check it out. Forget that Bean Dad guy. All right, he's yesterday's news. You need to get on the Taco Bell Todd train. Taco Bell Todd. Yeah. What it was? Yeah. Oh, I I really don't like how confident you said yeah. Well, get used to it because there's like 900 more coming. Oh, great. Yeah. Wait, so you're in the entertainment business and you don't know about Taco Bell Todd. I do not know about Taco Bell Todd. Todd. Wrap yourself in because I'm all over the socials today. All right. Here, here's the deal. All right. So yesterday, this super impromptu thing happened at the Taco Bell drive-thru on Muffler Row. Basically what happened was a, a certain someone told the server, you know, as they were getting, getting their food, that they were going to pay for the car behind them. And then what do you know? That person pays for the person behind them and so on and so on. And this thing went on for like five hours. And it, I'll tell you, man, it was so impressive and and inspiring and, you know, especially in, in these, these times that we're in, you know, these cataclysmic events that are happening and, you know, people are doing stuff like that. So that's, that's pretty cool. Well, you know, I gotta say, I'm impressed by that. That is, uh, that is pretty amazing. And, um, I guess I'm assuming since you're Taco Bell Todd, you are the person that got the ball rolling that instigated the whole thing, which is, Pretty cool. What? No, I, I was the one who stopped it. But you stopped it. Oh, yeah. So it had been going on for how long? I think like five or six hours. Yeah, and then you decided to just take take your food for free, I guess, right? You got a free... Well, yeah, well, I was like... Dude, why should I have to pay for the guy behind these Crunch Wrap Supreme? Well, what am I made out of money? Well, it's not like you're made out of money. I mean, if you're eating at Taco Bell, it's, it's all relatively affordable. So, not what I get. Not what you get. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that, that seven layer? Yeah. I get a 42 layer. Oh, great. So you get six, is that six, seven layers? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's more of like a, it's almost like, you know, those giant uh, bulldozer tires? Mm-hmm. It's like that thick. Why are you ordering something that thick? Because I get hungry. You get hungry. Okay. Look, look. I've been on a tight budget ever since all my music gigs went away, okay? I said it. Okay. All right. Well, look, I'm sorry if you're, you know, if stuff dried up because of the, you know, all this. So I'm assuming you're you're a touring musician who everything with all the COVID has just had, had your, your whole, you know, uh, livelihood kind of turned upside down. Oh no, I, I meant I've been on a tight budget since my band got dropped from, uh, Geffen Records in 2001. Since your band got dropped by Geffen Records? Yeah. In yeah. 2001, nine, 20 years ago. Yeah, 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 uh-huh. yeah. Oh my God, what a, what a story that is. No, uh, let's, okay, can I hear some of it? Yeah, yeah. No, there it is again. Okay, great. I was I was worried you forgot about doing that. <laughs> no, oh my God, no! And I'm inspired. That's what I say. So check it out. We were called Power Scrunch '69, and that that scrunch with a K, of course. And of course, I don't know. You know, s- small-minded people would probably call our music new metal, but I like to describe it as the heavy power funk. The heavy power funk. Duh, heavy power funk. Duh, uh, duh. I'm sure accent on duh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's interesting because we were one of the very last bands of, of, of that scene to get a big record contract. Okay, of, the, of that whole scene. Yeah, yeah. So we get signed, and, you know, we're trying to, trying to find a producer, and we can't get Fred Durst from Limp Bizkit to produce our, our album because he's, he's too busy. But we did record some tracks with his father, Frank Durst. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be honest, truthfully, Frank was an auto mechanic and had no interest in or knowledge of record production. But our, our manager, Rupert, he convinced us that most people would think it said produced by Fred Durst on the back cover, and that would account for it. at least 50,000 copies of our debut album, Don't Be Afraid of the Dank, to be sold. Mm-hmm. That people would, that people would buy it mistakenly. Yeah, they just see F Durst on the back. Oh my God. Well, that's gotta be, gotta be Fred. So mm-hmm. Fred's, Fred's approval is good enough for moi, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, he really was the arbiter of greatness back then. That when he came out of that, when he came out of that giant toilet, the first song on that tour, mm-hmm. the family values tour. Oh my God. Yeah, now that was a real, st- real statement. <laughs> they they should have had a giant plunger come down. Right, it's true. Yeah. So so we finished the album, and, and you know things things were looking really good. Mm-hmm. But then things started to go really wrong, Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how how, so- how there it is. Okay, great. Thanks for. 
only, only how many more to go? It's about 800 and <laughs> I think about 894. <laughs> okay, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. okay, we got three quickies there. Yeah, I get them quick sometimes. So, okay. all right, first thing that happens, I can't believe I'm telling you this story. I, I lost my wallet while we were making our big budget video for our first single, Kiss My Sickness. And uh-huh. for, re- for reasons I'm still unsure of, yeah, I, I, I was pretty convinced I knew who took my wallet. But, Tom, please don't make me say who I thought it was. I'm going to ask you to please tell me who, who, to, who you think took your wallet. No, seriously, please don't make me. I'm going to ask you, please tell me. Scarlett Johansson. Who? Scarlett Johansson. How and why would Scarlett Johansson have stolen your wallet from the video shoot? Um, well, she agreed to be in the video as a, a pretty much a giant favor to her friend, the director of the video, this guy named Giles Kapperman, who, of course, was the guy who did all those big new metal videos back then. And um, all right, full disclosure, I, I hadn't slept in probably five days because of my flagrant blue addiction. And when I couldn't find my wallet, I got it into my head that she took it. And I made a huge scene in front of everybody, crew, band, label, everything. I'm yelling and I'm screaming. And I, I called her a hack actress who had to resort to stealing people's wallets to support her crack habit. I, I seriously, I, I had no idea who she was. And I didn't mm-hmm. realize that she was blowing up because of, you know, her performance in Ghost World. And, oh, my God, it was insane. And... She was furious. She walked. The director walked. And then about 10 minutes later, I, I find my wallet. You, you found your wallet. Where was your wallet? It was hidden in um, one of the uh, pockets of my giant. <laughs> I dropped my wallet. <laughs> See, look. It doesn't stop for you and your wallet, does it, Todd? Oh, my God. Oh, it's so irony just come and stab me in the face. Yeah. Uh, so basically I, I found the wallet in, in, in one of the pockets of my giant new metal jeans. Sure. Which I'm sure you had so many pockets. There's like 18 pockets, you know, and, and, you know, you're wearing this giant t-shirt also. So you, you don't even know where the pockets are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I'm, it was so much easier to accuse someone wrong, wrong, wrongly of stealing it than to check all those pockets. It was a pocket I didn't even know I had. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, but she was so mad about it, and I swear to this day, I heard she still talks about it. About this wallet. About what I did to her. She doesn't remember my name or the band or anything, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that was the first thing that went wrong. The second thing, our drummer Derek got shot in the arm in the middle of a show. Okay. How did, how did your drummer get shot? 
All right, basically, it's the, it's the warm-up show for a big record release party. And we're in the middle of our third song, and all of a sudden, he just kind of stops playing. And we look back, and he got shot in the arm. Nobody else in the band got shot. And we had no idea what was happening. Show's canceled. It turns out it was Derek's 78-year-old downstairs neighbor, Milt, who did it. Who shot him in the arm. Yes, yeah. And basically what happened was Milt shot him because he was seeking revenge for all the years he had to endure Derek practicing above him. Okay, so he decided to exact his revenge at the big show. It was like he he had followed Derek's progress for years. Uh Uh-huh. And, and knew about the, what was going on with the band and chose that night. It was pre, it's pretty ingenious. No, it seems like Milt, Milt had a real knack for, for the moment. He did. He really did. <laughs> so, anyway, you know, Milt goes to jail for, I, I don't know, like five years or something. So for a 78 year old, that's, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a, that's some serious time. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty rough. Yeah. So the final nail in this coffin was when um, was when this video emerged of me doing something. Okay. And then before you knew it, we got dropped and everything got pulled away faster than a Glade Plugins TV commercial director saying, "Great, now let's grab a, a few of you just dancing by yourself in the kitchen." Okay. Now, Todd, can I just? When you said you there was video of you doing something, what what, what do you mean doing something? Oh, we seriously, we don't need to get into this. So anyway, um, no, 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 no. If you're going to tell every detail of the story, just what what do you mean? You said doing. You were caught doing something on video. All right. Well, well, basically. Somebody and I'm willing to bet my my dog on this that uh, it, it was ScarJo paid someone to lurk in a tree in my backyard and, and basically video me doing one of my erotic Tai Chi sessions. And look, I'll, I'll freely admit that that tape, which was heavily edited, I, I, I might add, can seem a bit shocking to anyone who's not connected to both their body and their inner eroticism. Okay. So it can be shocking to watch you do your erotic Tai Chi. Yeah, there was more to it than that, too. Okay. What what do you mean more? All right, look, you're probably going to have to bleep all this, okay? So, all right, so basically... Okay, I'm ready. All right, what I'm... What I was doing on this tape was and that's pretty much it. Well, I just got to say, um, Wow, I guess I gotta. Um, that was 
although it was barely sexual. Right. And also seemingly physically impossible, what you just said, and I did bleep pretty much all of it. Um, it's also astonishingly disturbing. So, and the, the true downside of this whole thing is that I am truly afraid that I'm never going to be able to stop thinking about it. That's, that's what other people who, who've seen it have told me. They, they said that it's like a, um, it's like a video equivalent of this thing. I don't know, I don't know if you remember it, but it was called the magazine back in like the mid 2000s. That was floating around. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The magazine. Oh my God. I haven't heard about that in years. Oh, I'm still having nightmares about something I saw in the magazine. Yeah. But now, now there's two things I'm not going to be able to stop thinking about. Right. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, well, thanks for getting one of those in also. Um, so you, you, um, you said that the tape was heavily edited though. Oh yeah. What was it actually heavily edited? No, not at all. Mm-hmm. They actually took some of this disturbing stuff out of it. So they actually, the edit, any editing that happened softened. I would say by like 30%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Todd, I got to say, this is very troubling what I'm, what I'm hearing, but it's also, um, it's like eerily reminiscent of, uh, another Newbridge, uh, infamous Newbridge resident, uh, Reggie Monroe, who was the, uh, he was on Survivor on um, one of the seasons of Survivor and got kicked off because they caught him doing something uh, pretty. They caught him with the doing a, like I was it. I forget how he referred to it, but just doing something inappropriate out in the jungle. Yeah, Reggie's my second cousin. He's He's a super cool guy. I can't believe you know him. Yeah, Reggie's called the show way too many times. Um, kidding. Oh my God. Reggie's your second cousin? Yeah, yeah, super cool guy. You know, he took me to my first Merle Allen and the Merlins concert. Merle Allen and the what? Merlins. The Merlins, like the like a wizard? Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's um it's this solo thing he does that's really pretty good. It's it's like G-rated wizard concept power pop the brother of the brother of gg allen yeah yeah has a has a a, like a wholesome power pop band yeah it sounds like the greg kin band but but like some of the songs like i got my wizard cap on and i'm taking you to the roller rink it's almost like like a less hard ruben well, as long as it's as long as you're taking the edge off the Rubenus, there. Right. That's sick. <laughs> some of their stuff is sick. Some of that. I was talking to my my friend uh, Jake Fuglemust mm-hmm. uh, about it, and like 
we both agree that like side two of Back to the Drawing Board, oh my God, that's like Slayer or something, uh, subject matter wise. <laughs> we both agree. We did, yeah, we both agreed, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So, so uh-huh. basically, that was my brush with the cruel reality of the rock and roll business, right? Oh, boy. Yeah, well, that's uh, you. You definitely, uh, you definitely got a lot of uh, crazy stories out of it. Got my got my licks in, or, or did someone get their licks on me? I'm not sure how that's. But anyway, the good news about all this. What's that? I started writing songs again. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, 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 and you know what? Yeah. I think I've got it even more than I had it in the first place. Like I, I'm still a total badass when it comes to writing top shelf jam kickers. I may be in my mid forties, but you know, I can still tap into that, that darkness and, and that rage that basically just makes us human. And I can channel that in, in the song so heavy. They make lamb of God jealous, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's pretty, that's, that's, that's some intense music then. Very intense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any chance I, I could hear one of these songs? Oh, boy. Uh, you know, I, I'm not in the studio right now and I, I, I don't have my acts with me, but, um, you know, I could probably, I could probably sing a little bit of, of this one tune. I, I, I'm super proud of that. I, God, love for either Ozzy or or, uh, or Danzig to record. I think they could really, really do some good stuff with it. Um, basically, this this tune is about my my very passionate yet very volatile marriage uh, uh, to my wife Sheila. It's uh, it's interesting. We're both like super headstrong alphas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, basically, it goes like. Um, I couldn't believe you ever agreed to go out with me. And I can't believe you love me. I know I don't deserve you. I'm always thinking of you. And I wonder if you ever think about me. Wait, is that, is that, that's one of these, what's that? Pretty cool, right? That's, well, it's no. Um, that's what you were saying. You were saying you were saying how heavy it is, and that's the. I gotta say that is the that's really so reedy and 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 kind of spineless and very needy. Like the quality, because you're talking you're talking like such a tough guy. And what was that line about about your wife? If she ever thinks about you, what was that? Yeah, I wonder if you ever think about me because I said I was always thinking about her. She she's kind of distant. I mean, she's been really distant for about I don't know twelve years. Hmm. Okay. But look, well, well, other stuff you're talking. It, 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 it's called vulnerability. You should, you should probably look into it. And, and by the way, I want to say I was the first person to tack look into it onto a retort. Okay, just 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 for the record. Uh, I'm really not sure about that, but um, okay, I'll. What do you think? I I sound like wimpy in it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think you sound really wimpy in it. All right. Well, check it out. All right. Rule number one. Chicks love it when they think you have emotions. Well, that's, that's such a gross statement. Well, my landlord says it's true, and he was in Aerosmith for a little bit. Chicks love it when they think you have emotions. Just let, let that sit for a second. Okay. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about your landlord. Your landlord from, what's what's his name? Rick Dufay. From formerly of Aerosmith. Yeah, I think he's on Done With Mirrors. Mm-hmm. A rock in a hard place, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the the golden era. Absolutely. Yeah. He turned me on this amazing song that that uh, for for God knows why Aerosmith won't record. It's it's amazing. It, it's it goes uh, popcorn bowls, popcorn bowls. I sure do miss Grandma's popcorn bowls. I mean, that's like a number one hit. Yeah, well, that's, that's, um, yeah, well, uh, you know, uh, God bless him, I guess, your landlord. Must be some building over there with. Hey, you can't talk to me like that. I'm sick of this. Okay, why, why can't I talk to you like this? Because I was the star witness in the Dante Cernalino murder trial. That's why. The, wait, hold on. The Dante Cernalino murder trial from back, like, 16? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay. That one has to count for like five. Fair enough. Okay. Um, that trial was huge. Right? That, yeah, that was like, I mean, I'm a little fuzzy on the details. I haven't thought about it in so long, but that was such a big deal back then. Like, well, could you, would you nutshell it for me? Well, okay. Uh, summer of 2005. And uh, I was, you know, out of the rock biz by now. And I'm, I'm getting into my AMC Prancer after auditioning for the role of Martin Daniels in the Newbridge Community Playhouse production of Clifford, which was a whole thing. Because I, 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 I knew I was going to get this role, but I didn't get it because I kept messing up the play's most crucial line. Basically, I, I'm sure you don't know the story, but Martin's fiance Sarah, wants to have kids. And she doesn't think that Martin's up for it. And he, but he says, I, I love kids. And, and uh, as proof, he, he says he gets along great with his nephew. And then Sarah says, Oh, what's his name? And Martin says, I want to say Morton, but I kept messing it up and saying, I want to say Mason. So I didn't get the gig. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, I think you got it right. Wait, what are you serious? What's the line? The Morton, yeah. Oh my God! I, well, I should get that role then. God, maybe mm-hmm. I can sue. Um, maybe maybe you could. Do you sue think that's real? Is that the best use of your time? I think so. Yeah, I mean, our president does it. Yeah, well, that that means you should do it too. I think so too. Anywho, get, getting back to the story, you know, I'm, I'm about to get in my car about behind the playhouse and I dropped my Hoobastank stank one hitter and, um, it rolled underneath the car. Mm-hmm. And so I'm under the car, under the car and I'm trying to reach my mini ganja vessel. 
And, and I see these three sets of feet about 15 yards away down the alley behind the playhouse. Basically, what's going on is these two tough guys are roughing up this other guy about some blue deal gone wrong. And the guy that's getting roughed up, who turned out to be Bryce Prefontaine's older brother, Bryn, he's pleading, going, don't barge me, please don't barge me. And now, I was a religious viewer of the real mob lives of Port Newbridge, so I instantly recognized the main tough guy as Dante Colonelino, the mm -hmm. underboss of the Newbridge mob. So sure, I'm terrified, sure. right? Mm-hmm. I'm just scared. So, uh, yeah. But I'm I, I, under my car still just kind of watching this. And Dante goes, and, and this is very strange. He, he didn't speak with the same low, powerful voice he, he used on, on the show. It was this real high and breathy voice. And he was going, oh, we're not going to barge you. Don't worry about that. It was almost like Bill Stevenson's imitation of Frank Nevada. Yeah, that's a little something for any P.O. Box warners out there. So next thing I know, Dante and his henchmen exsanguinate this Bryn guy right there on the spot. And this thing was straight out of Exorcist 3. They drained all his blood into these little cups without missing a drop, and they left it behind for the cops to find. It was the most nauseating, impressive thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that's, that's, that's brutal. It's pretty sick, right? So Yeah, that's, that's so way I'm, up there. I'm terrified. My wife, Sheila's terrified, and she insists I do not come forward to the police. But, you know, with the knowledge that I'd be doing the right thing and also knowing I could now afford to build the fully detached man cave of my dreams with the reward money, I knew I had to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. The inter the inter and so there's a big trial. And the interesting thing about this trial was it was Judge Montgomery Davies' second-to-last trial before being disbarred for operating that device under his robe. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, what is are... that was such an odd, an odd setting to, to, to be in that court. You know, and I, I don't know. I, I think most of us thought the tapping sound was being made by the court stenographer just kind of typing away. And... I guess we all just chalked up that, that deep whooshing sound to, to being an air vent or, or something. And, but I, I'll tell you, I really couldn't pinpoint what the ensuing loud thud was, but my, my prosecutor, uh, the prosecutor told me not to think about it too much or I'd, I'd probably, you know, get really upset and just, it would overtake my thoughts, you know, like the magazine overtook my thoughts. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. So anyway, the trial goes. Justice prevailed, and Dante got put away for life. So all's well that ends well, right? Yeah. Wow. That's a that's a that's a that's a pretty uh, intense. Um, wait. Um, hey, Todd. You know, I'm thinking back on this. So like you talk, I haven't thought about this in years, but you talking about it's like kind of like triggered a whole lot of memories here. And I think mm -hmm. in that in that trial. Didn't they go to like, like, to, they they really went to, I guess you could say like to great lengths to cover you underneath all this prosthetics and, and like alter your voice. Right. Am I, am I remembering this correctly? Were, were you behind, even like behind some sort of screen even? I, I was, I was behind two screens. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Took, they took every possible precaution, and and uh, and it worked. You know, they hid my identity, and I'm alive to tell the tale today. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Well, can I can I just ask one question then? Um, yeah, sure. Why why on earth are you just just outing yourself as the the anonymous witness on the radio? Oh, rock on. Well, I, I mean, you know, I, I guess I just feel like it's it's been long enough, and I don't know. I guess I'm sure everyone's let bygones be bygones, and you know, this this pandemic has, has has pretty much altered everyone's priorities. You know, so. Everyone's just happy to be alive at this point. I don't think anyone's holding grudges anymore. You really think that's what it is? Yeah, rock on. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but you were the anonymous. Wow. Okay. Can I ask, what what is your last name, Todd? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's Dishi. Dishi. Well, 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 I'm, I'm, I've never heard that last name. It's a very, it's a very unique name, Dishi. Yeah, it's, it's unusual. It's, uh, my, my bloodline is kind of convoluted, but I've, I've been told it's French Romanian. Okay. And how do you spell Dishi? <laughs> we don't need to do that. We don't need to get into that. Anyway, it's been a great, been no, great- no, no, no. Now, now you've piqued my curiosity. Why, why, uh, how do you spell Dishi? It's 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 how you think it's it's spelled. How 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 do I think it's spelled? D I T S H I T. Do that again. Nope. D- yeah, D D I I. Uh huh. Yeah. P as in Paul. Uh huh. S S as in Sam. H I T. Oh, okay. Oh my God. That's that's your okay. Look, and, uh, t- truthfully, I, I think some a hole was effing with my great great grandparents when they were being processed at Ellis Island, and that's the I'm using air quotes less ethnic name they gave them. Pretty okay. Pretty, pretty hilarious, right? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a rough that's a rough one. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, well, at least you've got uh, at least you got the, your new music to to kind of keep you happy, huh? I do, I do. All uh, all all systems go, and the, uh, like Tim Buck three said, the future's so bright. I got. Oh no! What? Oh no! What's that? Oh my god! Uh, oh my god! Stay on the line. I, I, I heard some rustling in my bushes, and and I'm looking outside right now. <gasps> oh my god! What's oh that? Oh my god! The Colonelinos, the Colonelinos must have been listening to this call the whole time. Mm-hmm. I know, I know they're all huge podcast fans. I, I heard they subscribe to all 346 podcasts about the history and the impact of the comedy store. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't feel good about this. Oh, are, my God. Are you okay? Todd? Oh, no, wait. It's not the Carolinos. It, it's Milt. 
Milt, the Milt, the one who shot your drummer. Yes, he must be ninety-eight by now. Why, why is he mad at? How did he find me? And why is he mad at me? Oh, I don't know. I'm so mad at him. All right. <laughs> well, now that I know that it's Milt. Check this out. I'm going to take sixteen years of misery out of that old dick's ancient haunches. Hey, old man. You want a piece of this? Well, get ready to have your ass kicked. Oh, my God, Tom. He's got a high-powered laser. Oh, Oh my God. How does a hundred-year-old man gain access to a high-powered laser? Oh, my God. Cancel my my Cinemax subscription, please. Todd? Wow. Well, that one wasn't in my 2021 Bingo card. Yeah. I hope he's okay. Sound like that laser, that laser sounded pretty powerful. Hmm. Yeah, yes. Oh, yes. The master, W.C. Fields. You like W.C. Fields, Pat? Yes. Jason. I used to have, actually, my mom still has a W.C. Field statue in her house. Hold on. Yeah. You grew up with a W.C. Field statue in the house? <laughs> I did. Red nose and everything. Oh, this explains a lot. Yeah. And where did she get that from? The from the company store in West Virginia, like the I think, mining. Yeah, she she used uh, coal bucks. I think it was forty coal bucks. Sure, and, sure. Um, she got it, and then she painted it herself. So mm-hmm. it was only- tricky. It's tricky to paint a W.C. Fields statue because you want some of the redness and the nose and mm-hmm. the cheeks, but you don't want to overdo it, right? Right. Right. She did it perfectly. In fact, I'm going to text her right now uh, for a picture. And I'll send that to you. Great. Yeah, by all means, wake wake your mother up. That sounds like a great, <laughs> great plan. She She's probably got to be in the mines. How early? Well, probably in an hour. So I, that's why I think she's already up. Oh, so she's, uh, so she's, gotcha, gotcha. So you're not waking yeah. her up. You're, you're maybe just can brighten her day a little bit. For all I know, she could be in the mine right now. So I'm hoping she has a little bit of a signal. Okay. Well, let's find out. Um. Yeah, so as I was saying, it's 2021, and everybody at the beginning of a year sets a New Year's resolution, right? You like you set the New Year's resolution, and uh, Pat and Jason, if you have New Year's resolutions, I want to ask you about them in a second. But it's always that the the the, the way people set them in 2020, boy oh boy, that was a that was a non-starter, huh? People with all their big goals and dreams. Just like the, the things you're going to accomplish, places you're going to go, and then you turn around, and then you're just you're saying, "Boy, I sure would like it if I could before the year ends if I could finish that issue of Vanity Fair I've been chipping away at for six months." Everybody clicking it down a little bit if they want to not feel completely frustrated with 2021. 
don't want to. You know what it is? It's a it's a it's a weird thing with all this quarantine pandemic uh, stuff going on now, where you want to. It's like because people say, and they're they're right when they do say. People say, "Be nice to yourself." Take care of yourself. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. If you don't, it's okay to just survive and exist and to just get through the way life is now. That's a big part of it. And and they're, they're not wrong with that, but you also don't want to stop doing stuff also. Cause then you're going to, you're going to suffer consequence, uh, different consequences. I, I would say. If you completely fall off of your having goals and having productivity, it just seems like a, a way to court, court, uh, depression and sadness. And so it's, it's kind of like striking that little sweet spot, the sweet, the sweet spot between, uh, you know, it's like the goal of the, what you call it, the, uh, the three bears. If anybody, is it the three bears or is it Goldilocks? Which, 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 which one of those children's stories is this bed's too soft or this bed's the pudding's too cold or whatever it was like, is it Goldilocks or is it the three bears? It's both. Yeah. What's that? It's both. It's Goldilocks and the three bears. So that happens in both of those stories. It's like this pudding is too sweet. They are one story. This pudding is too cold or whatever it was. And then this bed. And were they were, were they eating the pudding in the – were these bears eating pudding in bed? That just seems – and how is pudding just right also? How do you know when a bowl of pudding is just right? I mean, all, every time I have pudding, it seems pretty consistent. You ever had bad pudding? I don't think so. Is there bad pudding out there? What would bad pudding be? Sour. Sour, yes. Like sour pudding. You ever watch uh, English Bake Show? What is it called? English Bake Off? The Great British British Bake Off? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's some show, huh? British people, a lot of a lot of flavors. They like uh, this is uh, turmeric and uh, orange. A lot of orange, fair amount of orange going into the chocolate. It's chocolate and orange and turmeric and thistle and pine needles. What is that, is that the one with the guy I throw up? Mighty Boosh. You guys don't like. You guys don't like. Yeah, it's the one with the with the Noel Noel Fielding from Mighty Boosh, where it's just like. You guys just don't like chocolate. You got you got to throw you you got to you got to put a, a, a like a branch in it. Yeah, God forbid I enjoy this chocolate. I'm making a chocolate cake and it has orange rinds in it, and um, and we're also going to include some like what what it, what it goes in it like. Like chickpeas, and it's like what? This is supposed to be—is it good stuff, or it's just like an accomplishment that you made anything with that? 
And that guy, that one guy, the look on that guy's face. What's that guy's name, Jason? Which guy? The guy on Bake Off? Yeah. Bake uh, Off. Paul, Paul Hollywood? Bake, bake Off. I don't like that. Way With, too in Britain, it's known as Bake Off. Yeah, well, I want to just say we are in America. The baking show. He's always like, this is disgusting. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a mouth feels are, uh, it's quite dry. It's quite dry. It's It's undercooked. It's raw. It's disgusting. No thanks. Watch that show. It's a country. You think you watch that? You're not. You're in America. You think the country, that whole country, is based on a gingerbread economy. Like, like that. That's like one of their main exports is building gingerbread structures. God bless them. That right. God bless them. In 2021, I could get it. Maybe I should get on a cooking show. A show like that, I clean up. Great American Bake Off. Get me on there. Mmm. Just eat that pudding. Yum, yum, yum. And that's my thing. I'll just go yum, yum, yum. (laughs) Yum, yum, yum. And I'll get some old, uh, old lady who me, me and her will just goof around, right? We'll have like a repartee. And I'll just be like, all right, everybody you got two hours. What if it was like great American pudding wars? That's what that would be the show I could be on. The ultimate, not great American, ultimate American pudding. Battle, battles. What's that? Slurp. The ultimate American pudding slurp. <laughs> I like God. that. The ultimate American pudding slurp. I'll be a judge on that. <laughs> All right, pudding makers, you got two hours to finish with your pudding. Nom, nom, nom. I come over. Nom, nom, nom. Time to slurp. And I just, they present the pudding in like a giant bowl and I just stick my face right in it. (laughs) And I pull my face out, look like Mrs. Doubtfire. Why did she have a fully frosted cake in the room? Because she was hiding, she was hiding, Pat. But why did Robin Williams? Because he was half made up, right? Why did he have that cake in his refrigerator? Because he's Mrs. Doubtfire. She's baking all the time. Right. She would have been good on a, bear, a British Bake Off. That was him in his department as a single man. Hold on a second. On Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, when he has to go for the cake, someone shows up at his apartment unexpectedly, and he doesn't have the costume on yet, so as a quick disguise, he dips... Oh, well, this is a great question. I, Pat, I apologize... For for picking at you here with your thing, you're on to something. Why on earth is this guy have a like a five layer cake in his refrigerator? Just happens to be in his. How convenient! Because it's the movies. He just smashes his face. Like this guy didn't have enough to do. 
He's 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 double life in it, bouncing around. He's also frosted a cake, whatever. He's making cakes as Mrs. Doubtfire back in his own apartment. It makes no sense when no one's paying attention. He just smashes his face into that cake and hides out. Now, Pat, that is a great question. I got to give credit to a friend of the show, Stephanie Benson, who had a, she has a, she had a whole Twitter thread of the impossibilities of that movie. Another one was why Pierce Brosnan's character, who is allergic to pepper for some reason, at the end of the movie orders jambalaya, a dish yeah. covered in pepper, pepper, and it yeah. said, "Hold the pepper." So, yeah, you might not want to order jambalaya. Yeah, just don't, maybe don't order that if you're allergic to pepper. Ugh. So great. Many- yeah, great. Uh, great movie. Great movie. Never saw all of it. Never saw all of it. It's like Wonder no. Woman. Yeah, it is like Wonder Woman. That was the Wonder Woman back then. She was our Wonder Woman. Mrs. Doubtfire, Mrs. Doubtfire would have been in Justice League. <laughs> right? She'd be like the Al, Al, what's his name? Al, Al, Alfred. Right. Yeah. I would watch that Justice League. You'd watch Justice League if it had Mrs. Doubtfire as Alfred. Even a CGI Robin Williams as Mrs. Doubtfire, voiced by someone else. What if, would you watch this movie, Pat? What if it was the heroes called um the Ro- Robin? What should be, what would be a good name that incorporated Robin Hood, like a good hero team? Because then it would be it would be this. You'd have Bicentennial Man, Patch Adams. It's like a superhero team of Robin Williams characters. Right. Bicentennial Man, you got a robot in there, right? Every one of these teams needs some kind of robot. So we got Bicentennial Man in there. Yep. Then we got Patch Adams. Patch Adams, well, get ready. Popeye's like the thing of this thing. Yeah, he's a straight. Yeah, so you got Bicentennial Man. Patch Adams is like the brains of the thing, right? Then maybe we also put Oliver Sacks. He actually plays Oliver Sacks, a real person. In the, he could be, uh, and then and then uh, Popeye and uh, Mrs. Doubtfire is like the um, is like the Alfred of the whole operation. Well, this now sounds like the greatest movie I've ever heard in my life. What other heroes would be in it? In a Robin Williams? Mr. Mr. Holland. No, wait, no, that's, that's, no. That's, that's, that's Richard Dreyfus. That's Richard come on, Pat. The, uh, the sad guy from What Dreams May Come. Oh, yeah, he'd be I, like the Doctor Strange of the whole thing. Yeah. I know who's in it. The, the guy from One Hour Photo, the creep. Cy, the photo guy. Yeah. He'd be like, what if he was like, what if he's like the alternate universe villain? Maybe. It's like, or, or it could be like Suicide Squad because you know you're messing around with a, a a a bad customer, but he's on our side, right? right? Might as well throw in the maniac from uh, Insomnia. Sure. 
world's greatest dad? Fisher King. Him too. Who? The the guy that he plays in The Fisher King? Yeah. Based on Radio Man. Yeah. And this Radio Man. Does anybody know what's up with Radio? Look, Radio Man, more power to you, buddy. But there was just that point where you're dropping him in every show. I, I just felt it felt like slight, slightly. Just give the guy give give, give him some money, give radio, give Radio Man some money, rather than have to drag him be an extra. Robin Williams bought him a bike. I must could have bought him a mansion. Yeah, he could have. So this should be what should this Robin Williams superhero team be called? I think it should be called Robin's. Jason, do you know? <laughs> Let's throw it to the listeners. Listeners. Bicentennial man. Robin's nest. Robin's the Robin's nest. That should be the headquarters. Let's get back to the Robin's nest. Mrs. Doubtfire is there. She's got the, oh, and the schematics. Genie. The genie's got the be. genie from Aladdin, right? Oh, wonderful. Ork. Ork. Mork should be in it. Well, this is the greatest superhero movie ever. Mork, Peter Pan, thank you, Mary. Mork, Peter Pan, Cy the photo guy. This is Doubtfire, Popeye, the sad sack from What Dreams May Come. The dad from Best Years of Our Lives, a football. No, he doesn't make it. <laughs> um, what's his face? Could what's his face be in it from uh, Moscow on the Hudson? No, he that sucked. <clears throat> Would it all be narrated by the the DJ from Good Morning Vietnam? It would be narrated by DJ Qualls. No, we'll get DJ the DJ. That's yeah. He should do that. He should narrate it as like air checks. It's like it's like the the Warriors with the narration, the DJ, the narrates. dad from RV, right? Oh yeah, his superpower is that he drives an RV. <laughs> but look, he's like Hawkeye. He doesn't have actual superpowers. He just is a. Uh, he's just got some cool equipment. Like Batman, don't have no superpowers. You think you put together a superhero squad, you get Batman on that thing, and it's a, say you were to go get superheroes, Batman could roll his ankle at any point. Yeah, Batman's out. Why? He tore his ACL. But he's Batman. Yeah, no, he's, we know that. He's Batman. He landed wrong. When he jumped off that thing, he blew out his knee. No, I like this. Mary Jones says Robin's eggs. Robin's eggs. Uh, Garp. Jeff Owens is saying Garp. We get Garp in there. Tavy's saying you got to have Cadillac Man. Cadillac Man. Get the RV dad and Cadillac Man. Kind of like, like we're in trouble. Suddenly a Cadillac rolls in. We're covered. Fire some missiles from it, right? Well, this now, the whole show just changed tonight.
This could have never been. This could not have been foreseen that we were going to build oh. Robin Williams. Wait a minute. Someone and I'm not. I'm not even looking at filmographies. I'm trying to just do this from memory. Also, someone's saying, should it be Robin's Nest or the Bird Cage? The Bird Cage. I think it should be the Bird Cage. Yep. Yeah. At at website handle says. I love it. That's good. We should get Matt. What's his uh, Matt Fraction on this, right? He's a comic book guy or Chip Zdarsky. Where's Chip Zdarsky tonight? Get Chip and Matt. They finished Sex Criminals. Get him to pick up Robin's eggs <laughs> as their next book. Well, I like this. I like this a whole lot. Tom Sharpling presents. Like I just slap my name on it. Let those guys say they have to draw and write the whole thing. You're the you're the Richard. Uh, I'm the Stan Lee of this thing. Or the, you're you're the Roger Corman. Yeah, I'm the Roger Corman of it. Yeah. Well, then maybe we get old dogs in there. Get him on his motorcycle, right? Didn't he ride him? Was he in old dogs? I I don't remember. Jeff Owen says, well, "What about Garp?" Well, I said Garp already. Oh, you said Garp. Um, I love it. This, Teddy this Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt from Night at the Night at the Museum. Villa Nominal says the weird thing from AI. Was Robin Williams an AI? He was. He was the robot, wasn't he? No. No, that's that's that's, that's bicentennial man. That's bicentennial man. Yeah. <clears throat> so um. Who who will draw this up? Who will draw up like a like a poster style thing of all the Robin Williams characters fighting? <laughs> oh, that was superhero cool. style. Robin's hoods. Oh, that's the Robin's hoods. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We I also- should be writing this screenplay we also on Twitter. Got- Got submitted on Twitter from uh, Phil Neff. The League of Extraordinary Robins. I like Robin's hoods. I like Robin's hoods. Yeah. Right? He has to. Suddenly it's just like, we got to, like, we got to break through that door. Like, suddenly, like, uh, the dad in RV is like, my RV won't crash through it. And so like, I think I could break through it. Let me smash through the door. Robin's hoods. We're going to do it for you, Robin. Robin Williams would appreciate this project. So you're Robin's Popeye. Popeye voice by Tom Sharp. I will do the voice. Right. Ooh, I think she could smash a door open. Ooh, let me get in there and try to smash it open. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I also want to say to my friends at Hollywood Handbook, congratulations to the to the Hollywood Handbook crew. They have moved on from Earwolf, and I know Brat loves this. Brett loves it. He loves any podcast bloodbath. And thank you also to Forever Dog for letting us uh, use the facilities, the abandoned studio. But the Hollywood Handbook, let's say this. 
Do I love Hollywood Handbook? Yeah, of course I do. But they, they, uh, they've left Earwolf and they've started their own endeavor where it's them and they're doing their, their, uh, Hollywood Handbook on their own now. And they brought over, uh, they got what's his face, Ke- Kevin, to join them too. So they they're doing. You go to uh, let me look at it. let me look this up and see because uh, I give to them. Patreon.com, the flagrant ones. You go, Patreon.com slash the flagrant ones, and you support you support my guys. These are my guys. These are my guys. Man, they're making a ton of money. Yikes. I got to declare war on these guys. They do their final show. They do their final. Get this. Who's been on Hollywood Handbook more than me? Nobody as a guest. Am I, am I within a hundred miles of their final shows? No, no. Apparently my number got lost. So, uh, no, that's fine. It's fine. No room, no room for number one guest in the history of their show. It's fine. I get it. Uh, maybe, maybe I got to start a podcast network. What do you think about that? Go toe to toe with these guys. Run them out of the biz. So I say go there, subscribe, and then get ready for them to get run out of the biz. That's what I say. I'm going to start a pot, a basketball show, Hoop Dudes. My show, Hoop Dudes. Do that. I mean, seriously, they, they did 900 episodes of the show. I was on every, uh, third one where they, they wrapped the thing up. Nah, no, not within a hundred miles of it. It's fine. What should this network be called? What do you think? I what would what would you call a network? Com, combat Tom the Tom the Tombat Zone. I think that's it. The Tombat Zone, the Tombat Zone podcast network. And you know what the the unfortunate part of this means? I'm gonna have to run Earwolf out and Forever Dog, <laughs> and the Flagrant Ones network. It's great to see everybody's over at uh, Patreon. That's great. Welcome. I say welcome. I've been doing that for years, but the Tombat Zone is my new podcast network. Hoop dude, here are the shows on the Tombat Zone network. Best show. Meet my friends of friends, which is coming back. We're good. We've got new episodes coming very soon. And we're going to finish it. I know there's people think I'm not going to finish this thing. We're going to finish this thing. People they say, yeah, yeah, Tom, you start something, you don't finish it. Guess what? 236 bleeping episodes of Friends. I'm doing every one of them. Mark my words. We're going to get through all of them. It's another show. Because I listen to some of these things. Earwolf has like. The U2 show. What's a U2 show called? You talking U2 to me? You talking U2 me? 
whatever it is. And then they got. I would think that on the Tombat Zone Network, we'd go a little deeper. Maybe stay away from some of that. Uh, maybe choices. We go a little, find a little curveballs, come up with some fun bands to talk about and musical acts don't always get talked about. Because what do they have? They have a rate. Is it a, they have a talking heads one and a U2 one and an REM one, right? And it's what's his face, Scott Scott Aukerman and uh, the other fella, Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Well, the Tombat Zone is proud to announce our music show. You jabbering about Jandek to me? <laughs> How many records is that? 80. <laughs> Wait, 81. Wait, 82. Yeah, no, Wait. it's like six more just showed up. You jabbering about Jandek to me? What about, um, you, you half jabbering about half Japanese to me? You're pretty good. You squawking about Hawkwind? <laughs> you squawking about Hawkwind to me? Oh, I love it. We got a knock. We got a knockout. Flagrant Ones Network, Earwolf, Max Fun, Ace. Ace will not be the place. Max is going to be done when you're done with him. Yeah. Be Max, Max, Max done. Max done. Network. Forever dog. Got to go. Sorry, forever dog. Sorry, Brett. Are you here, Brett? That's all right. Yeah, we had a good run. That's fine. You did have a good run. No, it was a good time. And you don't realize what you had until I take it away. Like maybe you would not have appreciated the good run until the Tombat Zone podcast network knocked you out of business. Yeah, now this is all for the best, I think. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Slightly thought there might be a little more fight in that forever dog. I think he wants it to happen. I think he yes. I think I think that's Brett's New Year's resolution. <laughs> Please. Well, he's he's boxing things up in the background. <laughs> yeah. You guys. Can't. So. Yeah, I gotta say, uh, the Tombat Zone Network over at Patreon.com/slash The Best Show, and also we have the stickers. We're doing the labels now. Everybody who gave at the $5 or more label level, we have the new patriotic flag USA sticker. It's going to go out. We're going to be getting them out soon. It's coming together. Thank you to Martine and thank you to, uh, to Amy Gottschalk, the legend Amy. Thank you. Amy makes all that stuff happen. <clears throat> 
You squawking about Hawkwind to me? I'm telling you. Let's do it. And then we'll get Jason's Jason's uh, cry for help will be the show where he he's already planning three three years from now there's gonna be another Batman movie that <laughs> Michael Keaton will be in for three minutes and he's gonna watch it thirty nine times yeah. the way he watched the first Batman movie. Would I do now, an we, episode every time I see it or would I yeah, every time you see it. Every time. Okay. And you saw that first Batman movie how many times? 38 30, times. 38 times in the theater. In theaters. In 1989 as an 11-year-old boy. In Salt Lake City. And in Virginia, between the two. Mm-hmm. Now, did they project it in the mine? Like, did they just like, was it like a, was it like an old brother where art thou when they just show like a movie for the convicts? Sometimes in the mine, a lot of times on the side of the Kmart. But it had sure. the Kmart logo in the middle of the screen, so that was a little difficult some days. Mm-hmm. But I, I dealt with it. Yeah. Batman was fighting on top of the Kmart logo. Yeah. Yeah, so Jason wants to do a podcast soon mm-hmm. where he reviews, he watches the Batman movie over and over. 39 times. 39 times. I'm going to do it. Pat, we got any calls? We do. I also wanted to say Jason found the uh, the statue photo. I don't know if you saw it yet, Tom. I tweeted it at you, Tom. Okay, the, let me check. Fields. There it is. Oh, that's nice. Your mother did a nice painting job on that. It's a good job. It is? Oh, I'm serious. Yeah. I think you know, it kind of uh, uh, toes the line you were talking about. Not too much red on the nose. No, very tasteful. Yeah. Yeah. Big hat. Big hat. She and should that, bring she should bring that down into the mine and cheer everybody up. A it's too bit. heavy to bring down into the mine. You, the, there's a there's a weight limit on the the mine shaft. Uh, you elevator. can't put them on in one of those Temple of Doom carts. <laughs> I don't know why, but I think of the intro to Cheers when I look at this WC field. It does kind of look like it belongs there. Yeah, like suddenly it cuts away to this. <laughs> <laughs> like he's holding the Glenn Charles. Yeah. All right. So yeah, so uh look, the Tombat Zone is coming. Look out. We're gonna get it. We're gonna get all these podcasts. Gonna run them all out of the biz. Unfortunately, I'm gonna have to start with Hollywood Handbook, even though they're over at patreon.com slash the flagrant one starting their own endeavor, and I salute them. I also <coughs> I also wish them well in their uh, demise. Best show. Hi. Hey, Tom. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Who's this? This is uh, Tony from Boston. Tony, what's up? Nothing much, man. Um, got one for the topic. And I also have a suggestion on a uh, Tombat Zone music podcast. Well, before you go ahead there, what's your name again? Tony? Tony. Tony, Pat or Jason, please write down the following ideas as upcoming shows where we name New Jersey weed strains. I'd like to do that. Please keep track of that if you wouldn't mind. Hold on. I'm going to write it down, too, because they're going to (laughs) forget. I already typed it here. Got it. Okay. 
Tony, what do you got for me? You got a New Year's resolution? Uh, New Year's resolution would be uh, calling my friends some more. I think uh, throughout this whole, like, work from home and some people not having jobs, kind of like you lost a lot of that social gathering, whether it's, like, my Hoops League or shows or comedy stuff. So, like, I think me, myself, you know, I kind of shut in a little bit. You know, I could definitely you know, make sure I'm calling my friends or being there for some people a little bit more instead of kind of shutting down a little bit. Sure. You, so you want to talk to them on the phone maybe? Yeah. Like we got a little like, uh, zoomed out at the beginning of it. Like we'd like hang out every week on zoom every two weeks, every three weeks. And then turning to like, screw it. We maybe we're going to get together and do a social distancing thing, but it kind of got a little like zoom exhaustion. So maybe maybe you you forego the group things and then you talk to your friends one on one. Does that sound does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds a little bit better. What were you what were you what were you all doing on the Zoom? Uh, t- chatting. We watched a couple uh Celtics games when they got back into the bubble and the playoffs through the Zoom, so there was a lot of delay. And then kind of just catching up with each other. So like it get, you know, just doing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a good, that's a good, uh, that's a good thing. So maybe you figure out a thing that can sustain for this next phase of things. Yeah, exactly. You know, like it, it was hard to watch sports together because like some people don't have it on TV and then like there's a delay and then you're like, Oh my God, this happened. And then everybody's two seconds late. And they're like, ah, you know, so like kind of hard to do that all together at once. And plus people are in like different states and other parts of the state too. So like, you know, but y'all had one thing in common. You root for the worst basketball team ever. The Celtics. No, no, there's a couple. No, 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 I have to defend it. I know you, you spoke ill of my boy, Marcus Smart, a couple of years ago. So well, First of all, he's not your boy. Stop that. What? He, he isn't? Sucks. He sucks. <laughs> he's the hardest soul of that team, though. I always love when when players like that are like, um, just always like, like they suck and then they hit like, they're like, it, he <laughs> takes care of it when it counts. And it's like, does he? Yeah. Really? No, he does. Like, he has like, one big like, game of playoffs, and then yeah. it's like it's feast or famine. Yeah, and then like, old Marcus Mars. As if like as if like percentages don't tell any story according to people. Like like well, he shoots twenty eight percent from three. Well, he hits him when it counts. Well, you know what? He wouldn't need to hit him when it counted if he didn't take such stupid shots because they wouldn't be down to where they need a bailout shot. Totally, Tom, like, at the beginning of the rebuild, when you'd go to games, and, like, everybody would still get pretty packed. You'd hear an audible sigh if you touch the ball at the top, like, back to three-point line. You're like, <gasps> good. Look, yeah. No, I know. I'll say this. I like him. I, I think he's – I like him as a guy. I like him as a guy. I just don't like him as a player. <laughs> you liked it when he said he was the best defensive player in the NBA two years ago? Remember that? Oh, that's what he claimed. Yeah, it was like a post. It was like 
a couple weeks, he got, there's an incident after they lost to the Lakers. This is like in 2017 where he punched a picture frame and broke his hand. That's right. Yes. Around that same time where, yeah, you know, he's, he's fired up all the time. Marcus uh, Smart to me is one of these guys. If you do fantasy basketball and Sunday rolls around and then you're just like, uh, guy needs steals. Uh, I guess maybe I had Marcus Smart. Yeah. Like, if you see if he, there's a chance he could get three steals in a game if he's if he catches fire. And then you look at the line, and then he lose. Then he goes two for eleven from the field. He ruins your field goal per se. Like, not only does he not get you the steals, he kills you in another category. And but then they lose to like the Pistons, you know, like two in that same game, which is like equally just as frustrating. You're like, oh my god, this Sunday three p.m. game. Come on, Marcus. Who's the greatest Celtic of all time in your opinion? In my opinion, you know the answer. I'm first be, year, Paul Pierce, my favorite Celtic. Well, Paul Pierce. Look, first of all, Paul. I'll say this: I got a book coming out this year. If you ever want to hear the story of Tom and Paul Pierce, you get that book. No, I'm. I, I, I'm going to get it. I'll pre-order it. No, I know you're going to get. I know you're going to get it. But I'm just saying that's one of the many stories in that book. Is is me in a limo with Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker? That sound like a story you want to read, Tony? Yes, that would. No, that, you... Those are my two favorite players in uh, 2001. So, all right. Yeah. Well, look, good for you. I think the greatest Celtic of all time is Dana Barros or Greg Kite. I like. I saw Dana Barros at a driving range outside of Boston. He went to like my rival high school. Uh, yeah, he was awesome. Um, D Brown. First D Celtic. Brown was good. Yeah. 95, 96. Um, Dino Raja. Dino Raja. Um, I like those late, mid, mid, like 2004, 2005 years with like Stefan Marbury, Wally Zerbiak, Ricky Davis, Michael Alwa Candy for a year. Wally Zerbiak. This is one of these guys. He does like these. He was, is he still announcing for the Knicks? Is he still like a commentator for, he isn't an announcer, but like in the, like where he's just like does the, the post game back in the studio. It's like, this guy was never on the Knicks. The only reason he's there because he's a white guy from Long Island. <laughs> well, he lived near where the Knicks played. How about you get one of the 800 other Knicks who could do that to talk about the Knicks? Not just because he's a white guy. We got we got Brian Scalabrini who played two years on the Celtics, who's our main play by play now. Oh, I know. I, I I look. I don't mind him when I hear him on uh when I would hear him on the satellite radio. I don't mind Brian Scalabrini except for the fact that he seems incapable of saying Warriors. Yeah, <laughs> he's always like the, 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 the game's coming up in the worse. He's like the worse, worse. The new thing, and I want you to take a look at it, is uh, Kendrick Perkins is a full-time oh, now. He's a clown. That guy's a clown. But he, his Zoom, like he, when he's Zooming into this, his like face. But he's all, he's one of your friends on Zoom, Kendrick Perkins? I wish. Except, who's that, who's yeah. that, who's that bad announcer who people in Boston think is great? Tommy Heinsohn. He passed away. No, no, the other one. The other one. I, uh, Tommy Heinsohn, I weirdly don't mind. Cedric Maxwell? No, no, the the old guy. The one who talked like this. Oh, the oh ball. Johnny, Johnny, I'm Johnny Most. Double check steals the ball. That guy? Yeah, that guy. He would always be like, Perk, Perk gets the thing. 
Burke, Burke is going. It's like he would talk about these guys like the, as if they were the greatest players ever, just because they happen to be wearing Celtics and a Celtics uniform. Then, then when they're not Celtics anymore, suddenly they all come back down to earth again. Talk about he talked about Kendrick Perkins as if he's talking about Hakeem Olajuwon. All of a sudden, Perk got robbed on that one. Perk got robbed. It's like. And now Kendrick Perkins is one of these guys who's like a commentator who like comes out. He's like a hot take machine. And he's yeah. always like, always like, he always says like irking the players now, like the current players. And they're just like, who cares? Like, like, are you really talking about us again? He's always just like, I, I forget which player was just like, Hey, don't you keep doing this. Don't come up to me and act like we're buddies at the, th- at the oh. thing that you do. I forget who did that. I know. Brayett probably knows. Brayett probably knows because he's a big basketball fan. The good thing about Perk this year, though, is like he sits like probably like six inches away from his computer screen, and it looks like he's sitting on a throne, and he just kind of yells into the computer, and it kind of sounds like one of those like thirty-six second songs on like the Gotta Buy Voices Suitcase Four that you don't like. (laughs) Like that's track number like one thirteen after you've done a marathon of like. I'm, I'm gonna say this, Tony. Tony, this is the greatest reference I've ever heard. You, you now. I, I'm not sure if if I was uploaded to an another human or something. <laughs> I feel like you just accessed my my path of logic. I, I I threw that out to another group and I got I got crickets on it, Tom. So I'm happy. Wow, trust me, you're getting a standing ovation from me, Tony. Thank you. Uh, and that other guy. This is a weird thing. Boston and Los Angeles have a couple things in common. They have these storied franchises that the rest of the country hates. All of them, and they also have these terrible announcers that they, for some reason, thought were amazing. That they're just completely. I remember the first time I heard that that dude call a, a baseball game oh oh what's his name oh. the worst thing i ever heard in my life who vince scully vince, vince, scully. vince scully yeah from, from the worst the worst thing i ever heard in my life the dodgers yeah i was just like well what 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 it was it's it just it was i don't know i don't get it i don't get it but everybody's like, ah, oh, Vin Scully, the master. And then that other, there's the, the Lakers announcer is also awful. The one that everybody reveres. Who's Chick Hearn? Chick Hearn, yeah. They're all bad. They're bad and they think they're good. You know, a good announcer, John Andres. <laughs> That's a good, <laughs> you get a John Andres, you get a, you get an Al Troutwig in there. What no, about- the Knicks, the Knicks star, you know, the Knicks had, they had Marv Albert. Marv Albert was a, that's a great announcer. Marv Albert. And then it had, uh, Mike Breen. That's a good announcer. Yeah. I was going to say Mike Breen got it. You know, good. Bang. Uh, like, uh, bang. Yeah. Bang. I forget. It was a, a playoff game this year. He did two bangs and I thought Mike Breen might have died in the bubble. Yeah. I was so concerned. Bang. Bang. When he would be doing a thing, you'd be watching, you'd be like, like, Anthony for three. Bang. Yeah. Bang's right. <laughs> right. Bang. But, but you get a hand down, man, down from Mark Jackson, probably right after. Right, hang up on this guy. You mentioned Mark Jackson. That bummed me out. Hang up on him, Pat.
No, I'm going to know. I, I know for the next month, I'm just going to get people getting on me because I got on uh, Vin Scully and um, and the other one, uh, uh, Chick Hearn and Johnny Most and Tommy Heinsohn. Tommy Heinsohn and I mind the least of the that batch because he was just and he first of all he was a player. He was an unrepentant homer, so it's whatever. And he gave out Tommy points when somebody was good. Give me another call, please, Pat. Beshow, hi. Is this me? It is. Little Tommy, I've got some bad news for you today. Oh no. <laughs> that's a that's a black lips reference. Oh. That was one of the last concerts I went to and because of the best show, I I tried to request that song, and it's about the hardest song title you can yell out at a concert. Why don't you yell it out now? Let me see what that was like when you yelled that out. <laughs> How do you tell a child that someone has died? Yeah, how'd that go over? Uh, somebody next to me looked at me. Um, it was pretty funny. Yeah, that that legendary black lip song. Yeah. How do you tell a child somebody died off, off one of the perfect albums, good, bad, not evil. Not evil. Yes. Yeah. What a great album. It's still great to see. They are. They're always fun. The black lips are always fun. And I suggested years ago that I thought Lana Del Rey should be backed up by the black lips. I thought that would have been, the way for her to go. Well, now now they have Zoomy, which is like very cool. Absolutely. And plays sax, which is so great. No, it's amazing. They get they they did it there. They did it. They did it the right way. For sure, for sure. Um, Who am I speaking to again? I'm so sorry. That's okay. That uh, it's Allie in Somerville, Massachusetts. All the Massachusetts calls coming out tonight. What's up, Allie? Oh, um, well, um, I have a couple of resolutions. Did people already talk about exercise? No, not yet. Okay. I have have two resolutions. Do you want me to start with that? All right. Allie, you, you start how you want to start. I, uh, okay. So my goal for exercise so is to not set myself up for defeat is to exercise three days a week for an hour. And like exercise can even be like rolling around on the ground because just get some movement. Is that what you, what, is that yeah. what you're striving for? Yeah. Because otherwise I go like all or nothing and have vague goals, but this mm-hmm. is a concrete one. That sounds like a great goal. The goal is to just generally to keep moving. Correct. Yes. You know what I, because this is, you tell me if I'm doing this wrong. This is how I go and work out. I go to the gym once a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get a fillet on the way. <laughs> no, I don't. I get one on the way back. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to, not going to get all tartar sauce all over the machines. <laughs> 
but I go, I put all the weights on the leg press to where it's at like 1400 pounds, right? Mm-hmm. And I do it once. I mean, then I, then I leave. Then I go back the next, then I go back the next day and I do the same thing for like arms, 1400, 1500 pounds. Do, okay. do one and I split. Mm. So you go to the gym, you do like you go a couple times a week, you do your arms, your legs, and then your back or something. And then exactly. yeah. you just do that once a I month. Do, I do legs, arms, back, face. Face, yep. Okay. And when I do face, what that means is I press my head against one of the machines and just start pushing forward until the machine is in the parking lot. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah, no, I think you're doing it right. Thank you. Now what is the other what is the other uh the other the other uh resolution you might have? Okay, so I really miss live music, mm-hmm. um, and my nieces and nephews, I have four ranging from two years old to 16, uh, they all got musical instruments for Christmas, like a guitar and a keyboard, and then like a triangle and some maracas, and I just thought, WTF. I'm going to start a band with my nieces and nephews and just, oh, I like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be really fun. Like just be like, Hey guys, what do you want to write a song about? You love my nephew. He loves Bugs Bunny. <laughs> That's awesome. So what kind of band do you guys want to start? I don't know. They're not really into music. My niece likes Billie Eilish. She's the okay. older one. Well, that's music. Yeah. And my nephew heard us singing Cardi B once and he wrote his own version of that. Like Certified Freak seven days a week. His version is five days a week freak. It's pretty cute. I like that. So you're gonna start a family band and I get bet. some exercise. Oh, Allie, I got to say this. I think you figured it out. These sound completely doable, and I hope you do them. Thank you. Can I say one more thing? I wish I could say yes, but no, of course you can. What What would you like to say? Um, okay. I hope this is okay. Um, well, I just wanted to ask my boyfriend, Pat, if he would be my common law husband oh my goodness is he listening right now <laughs> no he doesn't listen to the show but i'll i'll make him listen to it well, i'm gonna say no then i'm gonna say he he you're making a bad choice if he doesn't oh, listen to the best yeah. show yeah he's not he 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 refuses he refuses <laughs> well he's very he's very set in his ways which is, is he <laughs> wilford brimley He's set in his ways. He's set in his ways. You can't work a new show into the mix. He's set in his ways. What's he? What does he listen to? What does he listen to? That he's so uh, crazy busy with. He can't fit the best show in the mix. Okay, so he listens to 
So he doesn't really have a job. He was. <laughs> he oh, okay. Well, then, of course, he doesn't have a job. Hates the best show. Yeah, by all means, propose right now to him. Yeah. He's a great guy. Um, hey, it's a common law marriage. Oh, I'm he sure. Look, I'm, I'm just, I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. He listens to last podcast on the left and, uh, he watches like some online podcasting called Funhouse, which is like computer, uh, video games or something. Um, you know, he he does his own thing. Now be completely honest. Be completely honest with me. Okay. What does he hate about the best show? Completely that honest. I can take. I can take it. I can take it. What does he hate? That it's unfamiliar. He he he's just so specific. Like even bringing up a new thing that he should try. Will throw his whole day off. Well, what does he eat for food? What's he still eat? Uh, what's he still eating? Cocoa puffs? He doesn't change. He eats for breakfast. He eats oatmeal with pomegranate juice and blueberries. And well, at some at some point he peanut butter. But at some point that was a new thing for him. I know. No baby, no five year old does he eating oatmeal with pomegranate juice on it. Sophisticated, right? Tell them the best show is the pomegranate juice of podcasts. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. No, but I hope all seriousness, Pat, if you're listening, Allie would like you to be her common law husband. Hell yeah. Thank you, Allie. Thanks, Tom. Have a great night. You too. Night. So what's going on with the election? What's going on with this? Jason's like a news hound. I know that. I'm sure he's probably got his little visor on and his little adding machine and is I counting do. the the counties and is saying what's going on. That's exactly what I've been doing. I should have one of those uh, ten ten wins like a uh, typewriter going in the background. Right now, uh, Raphael Warnock has uh, jumped into the lead. So, and uh, okay, John, John, John Ossoff is off by 16,000 votes. Uh, a lot of the votes that are remaining are in uh, Dem counties. So that could. Uh, so they're in. The de- I'm sure the votes are in Dem counties. Democratic counties. Why would you kill the thing right so. there? Why would you kill? Did you ever hear? Imagine who's on first if they did that right off the bat. <laughs> they just murder yeah. the premise oh, of the thing. Wait, wait, what were you doing? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of different votes coming in in Dem counties. <laughs> so, so yeah. what the so what, could, what, shift. What, could shift? Does it look like it will go for both candidates? Uh, Reverend Warnock definitely looks like it's it's going to take it. Um, it the other one there's a there's a slight chance, but I, I think I think it could go both ways. I think right. it could go with both uh, candidates tonight. It could go both candidates could go Dem could go okay gotcha Dem candidates yeah all right thanks for thanks for for the uh, update uh, 
Jake Tapper. <laughs> Who would you rather do the news, Jake Tapper or John Taffer? Oh, oh, John Taffer. Yeah, I'd I'm rather go see Taffer. John. Wouldn't that be amazing if the guy from Bar Rescue did the news and was just kind of like, it's kind of like, like he's watching a news broadcast in his car, like on a little monitor. Picks <laughs> 11. <laughs> and they're doing a bad job. And then he's like, That's, I've seen enough. I'm going in. And then like he storms into the news studio. What are you doing here? And then they still have like a meat locker, even though it's like a news. It's still a news broadcast. They still have a meat locker with like expired meat out in the open. Do you want someone to get sick? He turns it into a mixology studio. He'd be like, I'm rebranding this news show. Now it's called Touchdowns. Because every show, every bar that he would rebrand would have a football theme. It's called touchdowns. And they got goalposts in the room and a karaoke machine that we're going to take back with us. Ten days after we leave, we're going to come back for the karaoke machine. (laughs) Brand new POS machine. Can somebody pull up? For me, I, I, may, I maybe won't do it tonight. I would like to review. There's people online that keep tabs on the fate of all of the businesses that he's done. His batting average could not be lower on these bars actually turning their business around. I would love to do that next week and just review, just read people breaking down how um how unsuccessful he has been all right pat we got another call yes beshow hi hello tom hi to whom am i speaking uh this is woody in rochester new york woody in rochester new york you've called before woody Yes, I have. If I remember correctly, you're a pretty good caller. Um, that's, I mean, I don't know. That sounds dangerous. This is a dangerous uh, accolade you're, you're bestowing on me. I don't know. I could, I could disappoint you tonight. That's true. Um, well, what do you got for me, Woody? Well, you must have loved. You must have loved when Toy Story came out, huh? Is your name Woody, oh, okay. or is that just a nickname? Uh, no, that's my name, and uh, I've had like it Woodrow. Home. Like Woodrow is your first name? No, literally just Woody. Just Woody. So, th- so I'm going to go back to my original when uh, original statement. When Toy Story came out, you must have just that must have been just the greatest day of your life. Oh, so good, so good. When yeah, suddenly I- you were, your name was oh. attached to this, to this weird aged out cowboy doll. Yeah. People love the people still love quoting his like pull string, like quotes to me. Mm -hmm. People tell me that there's a snake in my boot often. 
All right. So what do you got for me, Woody? Okay. Oh, for the combat zone, uh, you forget about Fugazi? Yeah. Fug- Fugazi about it. <laughs> yeah. Right? That'll be our Fugazi show. Sure. And uh, you pester in the, the Pet Shop Boys? You pester. That's good. You pester in the Pet Shop Boys. So we got Fugazi about it. What about a show called your get in the hang on the get ready on this one. Okay. Your, your, your nerve threat. No, minor threat. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> that might, that might be, that might be the one. I got, I got one more of those though. You ready? Let's hear it. What do you got? Uh, you kvetching about crimson for uh, King Crimson. Mm-hmm. You could like you kvetching about crimson. I like that. Yeah. Or, or or maybe it should be not. Not that I'm trying to punch you up here or rewrite you, Woody. Oh, I mean, punch away, buddy. You talking about King Crimson? Oh, there you go. Yeah. All right. Um, you, have a, you have a good 2021 so far, Woody. I mean, so far, nothing horrible has happened. So, I mean, it's, it's beating the pants off of last year. Uh, the election's looking good. Yeah, it's not too weird of a year already. Uh, Tanya Roberts was declared dead and then came back to life for a day and then was. Now, so that's good-ish. Uh, I mean. Her... Is she alive now or did she, was she officially declared dead again? She passed today. Did she really? And I'll say this. Officially. I listen to this one, every one of these podcasts, one of the things that makes the best show different is every one of these shows has some kind of dork on it who's like like a punchline, right? Hollywood Handbook has Kevin, who's just like this grade A dork. Mm. George Lucas talk show, there's this kid on that that is like... Like the ultimate, like, I don't even know. What is his name? Do you know his name? You're talking about Patrick? Patrick. That's right. What a, like, he's such a dork. He's always like, he'll always be just like, I just ordered uh, uh, Muppet pillowcases and they just showed up. But uh, my Fonzie bear, uh, you know, thermos didn't make it. He's got, I mean, he's got like third banana status. I mean, he's there to make the other two guys look good by comparison, right? He's making, uh. Well, they look good. They, those guys, you put them on a thing, they'll look good no matter what. Those are two top notch talents. Oh, no, totally. No, Connor and Griffin are amazing. They're two of the funniest dudes. Yeah. But this one guy, he's such a, he's like, he'll be just like, I'm trying to paint this green lantern action figure and I ran out of green paint. But he, um, best show don't have that. We ain't got no dork on this show. No, no, we don't. All right. All right. Thanks for the call, buddy. Pat, how many calls we got left? Three. 
three. Why don't we wrap it up after that? I'm I'm, I'm not going to outstay my welcome tonight. You got it. Hello, best show. Hi. Hi. To whom am I speaking? Mo. Who is this? Chicago. Mo from Chicago. Mo. M O. Mo. Mo. Well, welcome to the show. How are you tonight, Mo? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I actually have uh, two mysteries, and this is an old topic that I didn't get to call in before. Um, two mysteries? You mean from yeah. things you can't identify? Yep. Okay. I have one that I think you'll like. Um, it's New Year's, and I will allow an old topic. Go for it, Mo. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know the read video of the original rapper? <laughs> The original rapper. Yeah. It's, um, I think it was supposed to be a PSA. Some people on the internet think it's about drugs. I'm pretty sure it's about condoms, but like, it's like, um, he, he basically like raps in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's, uh, anyways, it's like, like a really weird video with like, just like street scenes and, um, and you cannot find this. There's a building in it that I'm trying to identify. Um, me and my friend became kind of obsessed with it. It's like a building with like leopard print all over it, and it has the top of the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> and we're not sure if it's like a real video. I think the video is from the or the a real building. I think the video is from the 80s. Okay. So You're not sure what city it's from. We think it's probably New York, but um, there's a possibility that it's like just like something that they built for the video and like also used digital compositing. The director okay. also did like John Lennon's imagine. So it might not be real, but I was sure. hoping. Well, the, the, we could see if anybody can identify that building. What's the yeah. other one? Um, the other one is like this movie I saw when I was a child and it's like, all I remember from it are like a few scenes. So there's this woman who's like, her destiny is to like kill this evil sorcerer and she's supposed to like find a sword and do it. Um, so like he comes to her time and is like trying to track her down. And there's like one scene where she's like in a car and he starts making the car move and her friend is telling her to put her seatbelt on and she like can't do it in time. So then she ends up in the hospital and he shows up there and he's like trying to, introduce like air into her IV or something. And then what, what kind of movie is it? Is it a horror? Is it a science fiction thing or a, or a horror thing? What is this? Yeah. I think it's supposed to be like a fantasy slash horror, like aimed at adults. I think so. I'm pretty sure it's like, it seemed like a kind of like made for TV thing. Okay. And what era would you say it would be from? It's definitely from before 2000, and I would guess, like, the 90s. Okay. Well. Probably late 90s. Okay. And any any faces you might recognize from it? Um, well, the, the main actress reminds me a lot of Laurie Singer. Um, from Footloose. Short, yeah, and I, I know her from Shortcuts as the cellist. Now you're sure it's not Footloose because Footloose had, a, uh, I believe Footloose had a storyline with a wizard and um, a sword <laughs> and a sword. 
No. Well, look, you, you, you've put this out there, and let's see if anybody can identify those. Okay. Um, I also had one comment about Fred Durst coming out of the toilet. I think there's yes. a reading of it that is a little more sympathetic. <laughs> From the Family um, Values Tour. Yeah, it's like a, I think there's like a very like touching, elegant message there. It's just like you flush things that you don't want down the toilet. Mm-hmm. So for him to come up out of the toilet, it's like he's saying he's the opposite of things you flush down. Look, I feel like I'm not going to be one of these people that gets all over Fred Durst. I like Fred Durst. Yeah. <laughs> God, God, uh, God, God, strike me down on this one, but. I got a root for a guy like Fred Durst. Yeah, I, I don't know any much about him. I don't think I've heard anything like super negative. Oh, well, then you might just, change your mind. You never heard the music? I definitely, like, I'm not, like, you know, like, really into his aesthetic. But, like, I don't know. Like, coming You got to check out a song called Rollin'. Oh, yeah, I'm familiar with Rollin'. Keep rollin', rollin', rollin'. I was actually going to make a mashup for you that was going to be Rowan and Mr. Brightside, but I never got around to that. That'd be pretty good. What about a podcast called, what if on the, on the, um, what if we, what would be a Limp Biscuit one we could do? You, you flapping your lips about Limp, right? You flapping your lips about Limp Biscuit? <laughs> loose Limp Loose, that's it. Loose, loose <laughs> Loose limps. No, maybe that's not it. <laughs> I can't. I can't do puns. <laughs> I was confused by the puns you guys were rattling off earlier. <laughs> yeah. What was the show that uh, James Brolin did? Remember that show? James who? The actor James Brolin. Uh, I'm I'm not super familiar with his work. Mm-hmm. He's in No Country. Right? No, that's the Sun. No, Josh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was his big show? I'm looking through his filmography again. What was his show? Mm, not hotel. Maybe it was hotel. Hotel. Can't remember. But it could, could they could do a show called Rolling with Brolin. Uh, oh, and somebody's okay. saying the movie's called Warlock. Oh, it's, it's somebody's saying it's Jason. Yeah, Jason Warlock. Studio saying it's called well, Warlock. Yep. Awesome. Thank and you. Lori Singer was the actress in it, so that's why you thought it was Lori Singer. Oh, okay. It was Lori Singer. Yep. I loved that movie as a kid. Did you see right. it 38 yeah. times? I did not. I, I mean, I probably watched it in my basement close to that. That and Beastmaster. Well, it definitely imprinted on me, so I imagine. The Tombat Zone Podcast Network is going to uh, have a recap show for Hotel where it's James Brolin called Rolling with Brolin, colon, every episode of Hotel. Rolling with Brolin, colon. <laughs> Rolling with Brolin, colon, every episode of Hotel. Sounds good. Oh, thank you for the call. Yeah, no problem. Next calls, and we'll wrap it up. Best show. Hello, best show. Hi, Tom. How's it going? I'm good. Who's this? 
This is Claire in Minneapolis. Claire in Minneapolis. Now, this is another great caller. How are you, Claire? Oh, I'm really good. Thank you. Um, I had one for the topic tonight. I have a resolution for 2021. What is it? I want to listen to more music as in, like, trying new things because um, my roommate got me a record for Christmas, and as I was, like, putting it away, I realized that I have all these records that I never sit down and listen to, and so I want to be intentional about, like, actually going through what I have because I feel like I got kind of bummed out in 2020 where it was Mm -hmm. like I wasn't going to shows anymore and so I was like rotating the same three things over and over and I want to broaden my horizons this year. Well, I love it. What what are some of the records you have that you have not actually listened to but you own? Um, I know that I have a couple Cars records. And some pretenders, those, um, those are the ones that I noticed when I was putting the other ones away. And then I have some like weird stuff. Like I'm a really big Elliot. So you, have a, you have a couple of cows records, <laughs> and then, but now you're getting to the weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not cows, <laughs> but no, I just have like some weird, um, like one off, like I, I'm a huge Elliot Smith fan, and um, my roommate got me like this. Um, it was like a special release of stuff that had never come out, like from his self titles and everything. So, just I want to like dig in a little bit more on stuff that I already like because I feel like I have, like I don't have a lot of context. I'm not like really good with listening to entire catalogs. So, mm-hmm. yeah, getting in deep this year. Okay. So you're going to crank some ta- uh, some cows, some crank some cows and some Elliot Smith and some pretenders. Yeah, I feel like they complement each other. <laughs> that sounds like a good combo. I, I agree. Did you have any favorite albums that you listened to in 2020 that you could recommend? Yeah, I did. I listened to a lot of William Tyler and a lot of Mary Lattimore. Cool. I don't know who William Tyler is. Oh, he's one of the best. He's such a good guitar player. You're going to love it. You should listen to William Tyler. Okay. I will. That's exciting. Mm. All right. Well, look, thanks for the call. Thank you, Tom. Have a good rest of your night and happy new year. Happy new year to you also. Final call. Final call. Best show. Best show. Hi. How are you doing, Tom? Happy New Year. This is Joseph from Manhattan. How are you, Joseph? What part of Manhattan are you in? Uh, up in Inwood, right before Manhattan on the west side turns into the Bronx. Okay. And how are you holding up? Doing pretty well. You know, took some time off from work and uh, now I'm back at work, and that's not the, the greatest, but uh, I think it helped me to have a bit of time off just to relax and work on some things. Okay. Very good. Very good. What are you working on? Uh, it's actually part of my, my resolution for, for 2021. Uh, I very much want to start in, uh, an online broadcast, uh, music broadcast, uh, akin to an old AM radio show. So playing oldies, 
pretty much 55 to 72 in years, uh, but doing it probably via YouTube or something like that and kind of adopting uh, an AM good guy type uh, DJ persona. Sure. So give me a little bit. Let me hear what that announcer voice of yours sounds like. Okay. Now just keep in mind that there's going to be a, a lot of reverb on this when I do the show. Sure. Of course. Like, no, don't what? worry. This is not, this is, I'm not going to hold you. I just want to hear a little bit. Okay. Thank you, Tom, for that. Uh, let me try this. Okay. Hello there, nieces, nephews, and nibblings. This is your uncle Joseph. We have quite a show for you today. Nothing but great rock and roll, R&B, and soul from the Golden Elysium. We're going to get things kicked off right now with the Roaring Runnets. And then I would play, like, Be My Baby or something. And then after each song, I would do something like that and kick into the next song and, uh, you know, give some trivia about the, about the records, about the artists, things like that. I love it. What about, would you, do one of those announcements and except say at the end, and we got something new from Mertzbau. Uh, unfortunately, the, I'm not familiar with the reference. Uh, well, you don't have to be. It's just it's a it's a Japanese noise band. But I just want to hear you uh, do one do the AM radio voice and say we got something new, a hot platter from Mertzbau. Okay. So that's your New Year's resolution is to do uh, your 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 classic WMCA good guys kind of show. Yes, and uh, I've been you know working at it for a couple months now, uh, trying to acquire some some records online, and uh, mainly trying to do forty fives and. cataloging them now you know before i can start doing shows i need to get an idea of uh, what i actually have in the catalog so it's gonna take a little while but i am going to launch it in 2021 and Very uh, now in your opinion of the music you like from the 60s who is the who is underrated that people don't appreciate their greatness and who is maybe gets a little too much attention oh wow it's a great question yeah that's why i asked it <laughs> True. Uh, I would say underrated, you know, even though they were played a lot on oldies radio, I still think, uh, there's some aspects to the love and spoonful that are kind of overlooked. Oh my God. Are you kidding? They had the, they were for two years. They were on fire. So many hits. Absolutely. And so many uh, great songs. The great look at, let me see if I can name, let me see how many members of love and spoonful I can name. John Sebastian. Right. Zelyanovsky, mm-hmm. Joe Butler, right? That's right. Oh man, who was the fourth guy? Who was it? Who was? Give me a hint. Do you no, know it? My, those were the three that I could name, Tom. Okay, well, I'll. They'll haunt me. They'll haunt me. I couldn't name all four members of Love and Spoonful. What a sad, sad day. Well, see, that's why they're they're kind of forgotten about, or not completely forgotten about, but, oh, it's Steve Boone. Steve Boone, that's right. What's your favorite Love and Spoonful song? Oh, wow. Uh, you didn't have to be so nice? You didn't have to be so nice? I love that one. I think Rain on the Roof. Just, I think it's Somewhere in the City with that great intro they have. <laughs> Yeah. 
You know which one I like? Four Eyes. You ever hear that song, Four Eyes? I don't know Four Eyes. It's off Hums of the Love and Spoonful. Oh, it's so good. They kind of invented hardcore with that song. Um, so who would be slightly uh, overrated in your opinion? It's a hard question. Um, the Beatles. You can say it. The Beatles. Uh, I mean, the Rolling yeah, Stones. Uh, the Beatles. I consider the Beatles sort of like the uh, the alphabet, and that you need to learn it, and it's you know very fundamental to everything. But then after a while, you just get to a point where it's important and it's there, but it doesn't need to be revisited all that many times. Even though I will occasionally. Well, I got you. I got you. Have that aspect. All right, I got you. It makes sense. You know who's another underrated band that does not get enough uh, attention? A, a, a singing group is the Shangri-Las. Oh, they're going to be played. I've uh, gotten a bunch of records by them, so I'm making sure to play them because I want to have a healthy, a healthy mix of you know not just white male artists on the show, which sometimes oldies radio uh, has tended to be occasional throw in Motown, but I want to make sure you know it's good mix of male acts, female acts, and uh, just That's awesome. Good. Equal mix. He don't hang around on the street no more. You know that song? Yeah, that sounds good. What a great song. You know what song always, because the songs are so sad, that one song where it's like, past. That one gets me. They always have so much drama in their in their songs. Uh, the intro to uh, "Remember Walking in the Sand" and of mm-hmm. course, you know, the whole premise of "Leader of the Pack." Absolutely, no, that that you can't go wrong with the Shangri Las. So, look, I congratulate you. You got a you got a great uh, a great goal for twenty twenty one. It's achievable. You can do it. I know you can, and I believe Thank in you. So Thank you. And, you know, if anything, this, talk, this call has let me know that I do need to brush up on some more facts as you, you know, listed some songs that I, was, that I wasn't quite familiar with, you know. I know a bunch of them, but I do want to make sure to spotlight the B-sides and some album cuts from these artists, which also not really heard on all these radio. All right. I, I think it's a great, great goal. All right, buddy. Have a great night. Thank you so much, Tom. All right. Well, that is that all the calls, Pat? I... I put a guy on hold in the on the off chance you wanted it, but now nah, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, I want to be fair, fair to everybody on twenty twenty one. Best show. Hi, hi. This is uh, Bob from Portland. What's up, Bob? Uh, I was calling one. I wanted to say something about the the uh, Robin Williams movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he the villains could be. The, the dark characters that he does, the dark Robin universe, like in one hour photo and insomnia. Oh no, that's a, I figured they could either be like, I thought it would be nice to try them as suicide squad type. We're making a deal with the devil to have them on our team. Yeah. But they're fighting for the good side of things for once. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. The insomnia guy, his superpower is running across logs. <laughs> right. So, do I? What can I? What do? What do you? What do you got for me tonight? 
the other thing is I wanted to know if you'd seen the Bee Gees documentary. Not yet. I can't wait. I'm going to watch that this week. Okay. I don't want to spoil it for you then. Well, you kind of can't because <laughs> they started in the 60s, had hits, did then did disco, and then two of them are no longer with us. Yeah, pretty much. And Andy Gibb also. Three of the four are unfortunately no longer with us. Well, anything else, buddy? No, that's it. Thank you. Perfect way to end the show. Thank you for your call. All right. Bye. And I do want to say, Hums of the Love and Spoonful, you want to check out a good album, you check that album out. You want something to listen to. So many hits on that thing. And happy new year to everybody. We got big, big plans for the best show. Big plans. Big, big, big. The Tombat Zone is officially underway. Look out. And thanks to Forever Dog and support the show over at patreon.com slash the best show. That's where we, that's where we keep the lights on for the best show. And yeah, check us out. We're doing it. We're going to send stickers out. We're getting that together. They're going out shortly. And thank you, everybody. And thanks, Pat. Thanks, Jason. We'll be back next week. I'm going to play the first hardcore song, Four Eyes by Love and Spoonful, to end the show. Be back next week. Bye.